0: <laughs> <universe>. <laughs> it's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson.
1: You got me mad now.
0: You, know, you got
2: a bicycle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit. Of- Let me do this again.
1: Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry.
3: We ride the bicycle in this arena.
4: With my man, man pots and pans. Nick Faccione. That's me. I don't
3: know what the kid is that was a riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the
4: ring. Tomorrow, i you can kick your face off. I don't that
3: that. man.
1: But I don't like it and things aren't going my way. Don't do
4: that! Be sour!
5: Woo!
1: He don't know nothing else. (laughs) He know that
4: wrestling. He know that wrestling, (laughs) bro. Give
2: me a hell yeah!
4: I said, give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in and welcome. Episode 317 of The Straight Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacona, Philly Influencer, and Fox PHL, The Gambler. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here on Episode 317. It is a deep dive into an Elimination Chamber match, but it's a whole show well, the, the elimination chamber is the main event. Obviously, we got the elimination chamber coming up in Saudi Arabia. You know, in, in, in a little bit. So even though that's kind of wild in itself, that they're doing doing an elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia, and to bring him back Goldberg again, yeah, we got to bring back Goldberg for the Saudi shows. However, we still kind of felt like it was, you know, it would be fun to go back into a very memorable show that featured a very memorable elimination chamber, and that would be new year's revolution, two thousand and six, where the elimination Chamber was cool, but what happened after was even wilder, and we're gonna talk all about it because of course, that means you know the, what happened after was edge cashing in the very first money in the bank okay, so spoiler you know isn't like we're spoiling it after what twenty two <laughs> what, well, fifteen years that's said twenty years, sixteen years you know since it happened um but yes, uh so the very first cash in and and a pretty entertaining elimination chamber that. Uh, preceded it so we're gonna th- dive all into it <clears throat> excuse me here on episode 317 but before we do that I gotta do my weekly check on my main man pots and pans Nick Bacone how are you doing my good brother
6: so we're uh you know peek behind the curtain we're doing this I think for the first time on a Sunday we're, we're right. recording so uh usually royal Sundays
4: Sundays in the fall I'm pretty busy yeah for obvious yeah, reasons. yeah yeah
6: <laughs> so like the royal rubble was now eight days ago uh Brock Lesnar won the men's Rumble Ronda Rousey as a surprise won the women's Rumble very oh, yeah. I know we uh appeared on Fox Sports Radio The Gambler with our Royal Rumble Roundtable we always loved doing that and we all you know had our predictions and whatnot but uh you know a- as far as the predictions go you know we all had different winners and losers and whatnot but uh we were all pretty excited in jazz that we we predicted that the rumbles at least the rumble matches would be fairly entertaining and i don't know man they kind of like dropped the ball this year with with those rumble matches they were not uh did not live up to the hype uh you know it started out great with the rollins and reigns match which had a crappy ending but like I, i thought that was really oh man this night's gonna be crazy good maybe one of the best rumbles of all time and then it just went downwards after that so uh, it was a shame. Like I, I was like all hyped up for it, and now it's like, okay, well, now we're on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't re- yeah, it didn't really, uh, you know, a lot of people had the same reaction to it. But I guess if you were, like, uh, I don't know. I was just kind of like, okay, we're, Brock's going to win, but then he's in the Elimination Chamber match in February anyway the for, for the other on? title. Like, what, what, what is happening is
4: right on? now? What the hell's going on? WWE is so lame, bro.
6: Like It's so convoluted so many times. It's just lame.
4: On. It's just lame. They pay Ugh. attention to the top of the card and really nothing else. Yep. And they don't have the people. I guess they don't have the people around anymore that can really properly book a good Royal Rumble. Like the reports are that Shane McMahon oh, was man. booking it. And, yeah. and he, now he's been quietly let go. It's like, what the hell is going on? It they're they're a complete mess. And you, I don't know if you saw the thread of... Uh, I forget who put it up. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was a thread of, like, glass door views from former WWE employees oh, where they're man. talking about how terrible a work environment it is to work there. Uh, Yeah, it's really, really crazy right there, there at WWE yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and the Royal Rumble is pretty much a microcosm of it. The Royal Rumble exposed the lack of depth on mm-hmm. WWE's roster when you're looking at Mad Cat Moss and Ridge Holland and Brick uh, Boogs having, like, featured spots. You know, they're not just out there to get thrown out. They're out there l- late in the match. And it's like what? What is this? What is WWE right now? Mm. And then you get Ronda Rousey coming in in the women's match. Uh, with with for one, with the her whole whole gear was all her gear was, looked bad. I don't know what the hell who who dressed her up for that? <laughs> Shane McMahon made a mistake. <laughs> but the shirt said "Baddest." It's like why would they have? Or did they just not care that she had a shirt that said baddest when there's a whole person named Bianca Belair who her whole gimmick is EST, baddest, strongest, fastest. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All the other EST things that you can think of, that's her whole thing. Why would that be on Ronda's shirt? <laughs> like, Come on. They wouldn't let that happen to, you know, if Steve Austin. And I'm not saying Bianca no, Belair yeah. is Steve Austin. Yeah. But if you have a top star, you don't have let that kind of the gimmick get ripped off. Like. Unless it's like part of a storyline, maybe, but like right. it's not a part of a storyline. Rhonda's not going to feud with Bianca Belair. She's going to feud with Charlotte, which is a match that no one wants to. <laughs> like, who asked for that? Only WWE thinks this is a big deal. Maybe you can convince me if it was Becky. At least you can get promos between them, and Becky is killing Ronda, and Rhonda wants to kill Becky because she's killing Rhonda. She's Becky's killing her on the mic. At least you can get that. We're not going to get that with Becky and not with Becky, uh, Ronda and Charlotte. That's not what's going to happen. We're going to get some lame ass promos. <laughs> the match could be good, but eh, I'm not looking forward to it, which is That's the whole point. The You're supposed to make That's me. like we're already
6: like, oh, the build is going to be bad. But even though the match right. might be good, like half the thing in pro wrestling is the build. Like, you right. can't That's just have a point. great match and get invested it's like the whole build to it especially a wrestlemania match so
4: right it makes the match more important when i care going into it when i'm emotionally invested somehow yeah uh, no one's gonna care about that you know and apparently we might get becky versus bianca which i think is a is a, is a uh, the smart play i think bianca should get becky uh at wrestlemania and win
6: I get the comeuppance and wonder if they'll tell that story, but they haven't even touched right. it yet. So, but
4: also, there's no guarantee. Even if it happens, there's no comeuppance for Beck, Bianca. Right. Right. And then you got Sasha just hanging out in the wind. Like, what's going on with Sasha? Will she maybe is there a, is there a Bailey waiting for her? I don't know. Either way, it's just it's just weird right now. And then we all called. Brock, I, I I called Brock winning the rumble in the exact fashion that he did it. <laughs> right. <laughs> he did coming out of thirty. He did. and winning. And then challenging Roman Reigns, which is that's a match I do want to see because we, we were supposed to get it at day one. We haven't gotten it yet because Roman caught COVID and, it, you know, they push, now they're going to get it at WrestleMania. And the way they've told the story, it it's I, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. But it's just everything else. And it's just, man, they just concentrate on like the one thing and nothing else matters. There's, there's no other stories told in these in either one of these Royal Rumble matches. Like what other branching stories came out of that?
6: I can't even think, like, I, off the top of my head, probably the, the, none, which is why, the, obviously, Shane, the reports backstage are that he was trying to book himself for the, like, high-profile type stuff, and what the like, hell, Shane, like, yeah, you're gonna okay, he was scheduled to have a mania match, okay, like, just set up one thing for yourself, you don't have to be involved. And, but also... And, I mean, these are reports backstage, so, I mean, you, right. you take them the way you do every other report, but, I mean... Clearly, there's a reason why they were just like, "Okay, Shane, you need to go."
4: <laughs> good, good on them, because I don't need another yeah. Shane McMahon WrestleMania match neither. No disrespect to Shane, I just don't need to see him again in the ring. <laughs> the, the, the allure is well past due about Shane. Yeah. Shane, like yeah. it was honestly, I was past it when he did came back the first time six years ago. You know, six yeah, years ago they put
6: him in the hell of a cell with the Undertaker, and he was pitching to win
4: that match. Like, what? What? It was, <laughs> but that, but that, that's my point. It was six years ago. Same with Goldberg. When you know, I was yeah. Goldberg first came back like, yo, yeah, this makes sense. That was six years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're still here, yep. doing this and bringing back this. These guys come back year after year and match it. That I don't even like. I don't remember. It's not like they come back and they provide tremendous knockdown drag out super memorable match like maybe like undertaker would do back in the day when he was in his prime and right. he was killing it with batista and orton and and then once Angle, he started coming back once yeah. a year Shawn michaels and triple h and he's like okay even though it's only once a year and he takes up a spot you know at the top of the card but at least he provides classics right shane yeah. and goldberg and provide no damn classics so what are they here for <laughs> They don't, they don't bring new eyeballs. They don't bring more eyeballs, I should say. Nobody's going to be like, whoa, Shane's back? Oh, he's back for the fifth year in a row? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> got to watch Shane for the fifth year in a row. Like, this nostalgia runs out pretty quick, mm-hmm. especially if they're not for, out there. They got to come out with classics, they got to come out with bangers. At the very least, The Undertaker, for a stretch, he ain't doing it no more, but for a stretch, a period, for a period of time, he was doing that. Like, year after year, the CM Punk match was a banger. Like, all these matches are great. And then, of course, he you know he gets he gets too old and he, he stays past his prime and he's not capable anymore. And fortunately, he retired. He sat down. He, I think he had to say to make the call, like, "Yo, I can't do it anymore." Even though WWE, would be like, "Are you sure? Like, we can call you again <laughs> yeah. for next for next year's WrestleMania." He's like, "No, yeah. no, I can't keep yeah. doing this." I'm good. <laughs> good on him for sitting down finally. But you know, Shane and Goldberg. I just have no. Now Goldberg's not technically in a WrestleMania match yet. But Shane, like you said, that's the reports are that he was supposed to be.
6: That's what I'm saying. At least uh, they saved Goldberg for the Saudi show, so <laughs> hopefully right. it stays that way. And there are rumors that this is his last uh, contracted match, so, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't see his last match ever being in Saudi Arabia, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. We'll see whether it's this year at WrestleMania or maybe even a SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't mind, like, a SummerSlam thing because SummerSlam, you could—, you could kind of almost get away with that stuff uh what one year he had a match with Dolph Ziggler right or that was that summer yeah. I don't even remember yeah but I feel like that's okay go do that don't make it you know the featured match but it could be a featured match of like three maybe I mean right it,
4: it's just know, it's just different they you watch the show and it's really apparent now at least back you know when they first try to bring back the part-timers that nostalgia was there. so and, and they probably did help business because the nostalgia was new and it was fresh. And, it, okay. and at that point, it was still like, like I said, it was still new and fresh. But now, we're six years in with Shane. we and, and honestly, we're, we're not really, we're like a decade in with Brock, but at least he still so, puts on, he's still like, he's still um, like enthralling. You still want to watch Brock. I'm still interested right. in what he does. No interest in Goldberg. And we're like six years in. And so like, they just come in, Take up a spot from a person you you've been watching all year. So it's like, why? What have I been watching for? Right. All year, when Goldberg just swoops in and takes up a big match at WrestleMania that, that, or spot. not really at WrestleMania yet, because it's only yeah. the Elimination Chamber. But in years past, he has <laughs> swooped yeah. in, and then it's like, I don't even. And the, and the match he has isn't even good. I don't even care <laughs> for it. So, and same with Shane too. So I'm glad they they, they got they, they nipped that in the bud. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's yeah. just WWE is lame right now. And bro. And this up, is not the time of the year to be lame. You got to be hitting all not. cylinders.
6: You, you take that spot from like WWE's in desperate need of creating these new stars and that's a spot where a star creation could be made. Bianca Belair last year against Sasha Banks, but right. like what have they done like is she still up at that level but they cuz they didn't keep her at that level. So now we'll people buy into her this year if they were to, you know, have her go for a title or something against Becky Lynch, like, will they buy into that? Or will they just think, well, I mean, it's not gonna last because WWE is WWE, so, like, will she get that reaction that a star should get uh, that really, I mean, Goldberg doesn't really get that anymore. Like, Shane might, because of the theme song, but like, after that, the novelty wears off by the time the bell rings, so. Right, it's yeah, like, the bell oh, rings.
4: Then the bell rings and Shane is looking like dead tired doing all minutes.
6: these, you know, stunts. It's like, okay, like we get it. <laughs> You're a stunt man.
4: <laughs> it's just, it's. I'm, I'm just over it. So WWE, they they got, they got a, they got a lot of work to do. WWE, not. they don't have any depth. Like I said, the Royal Rumbles on both sides expose that when you got to bring back. Uh, you know, half the people in the women's rumble were like people they brought back. I felt like that—Melina, yeah, that yeah. Summer Rae, Mickey James, which was all of them was cool to see, especially Mickey James with the Impact title. Yeah, in uh, hardcore country theme song, like, <laughs> like okay, like I I I appreciate that was That was more
6: surprising than Ronda showing up.
4: <laughs> Honestly, it really was. But like, where is the depth on your roster? Like, WWE, y'all can't just keep firing people left and right and then put, bring the Royal Rumble, and right. you got to bring back Sarah Logan. Ugh. You fired already. And they reached out to Nia Jax. I don't know if you saw that. They reached I out did. to Nia Jax and I is did. like, well, it's p- possible. Would you be interested? And she's like, no, bro. You just fired me. Like, what? And I don't blame her one bit for being yeah. like, no, get out of here, bro. Y'all just fired me. And then she went off and talked about how she's immune to the vaccine, to the, to the right. virus and all that. She's she's weird. But right. I also don't blame her for turning down the the, the Royal Rumble spot. Because like, right. What? Right. There's
6: not like a right side there. It's just like, man, you both suck. But... You know, I, I don't blame her for what she did, and I don't blame WWE for getting rid of her for sp- yeah. sp- specific reason. So right, but it's, it's, just, like, come it's on, just like why even inviting her back?
4: They're they're <laughs> a mess. They didn't bring up any NXT people. <laughs> uh, no Bron Breaker, no Carmelo Hayes, no, nobody.
6: I thought at least uh, Carmelo Hayes, like, I, I think right. he teased it, maybe. I don't remember what I saw, but, but I was like, oh, he's definitely going to be in the Rumble. And no, they didn't
4: even was, do they, that. Did they put Zaya Lee in the uh, Rumble? I don't yeah. remember seeing her. I don't. They might have, and I don't remember, but that's just the whole point. It's like none exactly. of it's even memorable, but exactly. they got a lot of work to bro. bro. They, they, they just gotten very few people who fans care about. And that's not good. It's real bad. they even at least,
6: like they would tell a story with Sasha and then she was gone after like, right. what, five, ten they, minutes? They <laughs> did Naomi
4: and, and uh, Sonya Deville, but.
6: That's kind of run it. So I'm not sure anyone's too much into that anymore. Right.
4: <laughs> like, we've been stretching this out for a while. Like It's just, they're in rough shape. And this is not the time of the year for that to happen. No. Like, at least in other years, they've had a lot. Of, like, where's Cesaro? Is he hurt? Ah, he was on SmackDown. I seen him in a while. Was he, he into, wasn't like, in like a tag match on SmackDown or something? He's not. He was not in the rumble, right?
6: But I think I don't think he's hurt because he, unless he wasn't cleared and he got cleared by Friday, but he was on SmackDown, yeah, like, pretty sure. So, so. like,
4: it's just it's rough, bro. It's real rough. Not no so, Finn
6: Balor, like okay. Yeah. What
4: the hell? <laughs> they could have even brought in Walter or Gunter or whatever right. they call him. Like, <laughs> yeah. make it interesting. Instead, we got Rick Boogs. Like, no disrespect yeah. to him. I don't give a damn. <laughs> like. Rich Holland and Madcap Moss. No disrespect <laughs> to Madcap, even he's—he his his brother is a linebackers coach for the Eagles. No disrespect. It's just like, like come on, it's true, but it's like there's other people like I just named, like people in the NXT. Who, who y'all are hyping up like NXT 2.0, Braun Breaker, mm. Carmelo Hayes, Walter. Nope, Roderick mm. Strong, like somebody. Like... <laughs>
6: And hey, maybe, you know, obviously Shane's their scapegoat, but I mean, you can't leave the whole match into just a couple lines. Like, like you need, really need to do that. Why would Shane be the
4: person anyway? <laughs> why is at his spot? I never heard of Shane having a big role in booking no, big matches. Me neither. So. Like, yeah, maybe he has some say in what he does, but this is the first I've ever heard of him being like, Oh yeah, he books a Royal Rumble. I've never heard of that. So why was that the case <laughs> <To> this year? <laughs> I would love to know first, why first rubble
6: back in front of fans in two years, and you're going to give him that responsibility? Right. <laughs> Probably knowing. I mean, maybe they set him up to fail. Maybe they knew this would happen, and they give them a chance to just yeah. let him go. Sacrifice
4: like a sacrifice okay. a marquee show because of it. <laughs> right. I know that.
6: I mean, it is WWE. Like I don't know if that would necessarily surprise anyone.
4: Is that rough, the bro. case? It's a it's a rough time. Yeah, and like I said, I'll say it again. This is not the t- this is peak time for WWE, and it's not off to a good start at all. <laughs> like, yeah. not at all. And they Hopefully still got two more months up from here. Right. But we still got <laughs> two year, more months. Right, did not start off great. <laughs> no, not at all. But WrestleMania is like early April, right? Yeah, we got two more months of Ronda and Charlotte. What the hell are they going to do there? What? <laughs> what direction are they going to take this? Right. Like, where like that's not they're not going to be good. We know they're not going to be good. No. What not. story exactly
6: Rhonda's going to become they... a meme? You know, she's probably going to say something that becomes a meme. Uh, Charlotte's already a meme. It's like, oh great, we're going to have like two memes clash. At what story
4: <laughs> are they trying to tell with these two?
6: Yeah, I don't even know. That people care
4: about. I don't even know.
6: Cuz the story there was Ronda and Becky.
5: Um, yeah, it was that was a years, story in
6: 2019. So I don't know what there is with Charlotte and Ronda that could. uh
4: It's just they want to. They think that's the match. They think that's more important. Obviously, because they I, put Ronda. Charlotte
6: in. had mentioned, "Oh, uh, you left to go, you know, be a mother or whatever, and I stayed here and won titles and stuff." So if that's the story, that's a really shitty story. Because that's a crappy. Story, I am right? not into it. Uh, it's and I'm not like the target audience but at the same time it's like
4: but uh, you are you're you are actually well i guess you aren't the target because the target is like the or at least the top demographics like people in their 50s right so <laughs> yeah. you're not there yet obviously right. but yeah. <laughs> we're well, close it's we're just closer so weird. To it than we it's are away so from weird. it yeah yeah it's it's, it's bad but
6: like it's uh, bad. i mean i haven't seen uh, how women feel about this like are they are, are women that watch bad that they're gonna Bring in like all oh, the pregnancy thing. Now she's a mom. She's coming back. And, like, does that have like? Why does that have to be the I story? Why not just? Also, I want to be the best. So I got to beat the best. I mean, that's right. that's simple, but it could really be more entertaining than you know. Oh, you were a mom and you left, uh, had right. a baby and had a family, and now you're coming back. Like, bleh, like that. But also, I don't know. Becky, that's not a great story.
4: Becky's a mom. Yeah, <laughs> Right? we all know that yeah. she announced her pregnancy on the air. <laughs> lacey evans is gonna come back at some point she left yeah. because she got pregnant yeah and she's gonna get a big match last year that was the timing was kind of rough from a professional standpoint um but she's gonna get a big match at wrestlemania last year and she got pregnant and hasn't se- haven't seen her since mm. so you think she's coming back at some point she's a mom <laughs> like, and she's <laughs> that was part of her character that she's a a, a working mom like she's a farming right. mom right Yep. And her kid was in like wasn't a kid on tv so why is that the story? Like you, you were a mom, <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. And you had like, the
6: gall to go have a family,
4: right?
6: How dare oh, you?
4: Okay, I hope you do the same one day. <laughs> like,
6: <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I guess she's not with Andrade anymore, right? So I don't know. Oh, is, I don't know. Is that, is that her? Is that uh, the, the she, the does suit? she want a family? You know, like <laughs> maybe. It, <sighs> That makes her the heel. Maybe it's one of those things where I don't want a family, so I'm the bad guy.
4: Is that the word on the street? They're not together anymore?
6: Uh, it was like a few months ago, I believe. Uh, it started with, I think, one of them unfollowing each other. Well, obviously, the social medias. Oh, wow. And wow. Uh, then it was, you know, Ric Flair was supposed to come in, but then that stuff happened with him. So that might be more of a factor than Andrade working with Ric Flair on AEW. Like, obviously, Ric Flair's, uh, you know, what happened on uh, the dark side of the ring when that aired, you know, that had more to do with keeping him away, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was officially announced, but I remember I was, I don't really care about it, but I was like, oh, okay, that's that then. And they haven't really posted pictures, so because they used to always post pictures, so. Yeah, yeah, they lately, they do
4: post so. a lot of pictures, and I haven't. Least, you know, I'm not checking for them, but right. I I mean, they seen always it. wind I up, like up on the timeline. You know, I follow right. enough
6: people where winds up on the timeline, so you know, I just haven't noticed it recently.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how that goes, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, this is weird times, bad times. In the WWE, y'all, you got to get it together. Yeah, this is not shaping up to be a good build outside of like Brock and Roman. I can see that being good, but. That's it. But that's you all, pay that's more the attempt. only thing. You gotta
6: I'm... pay attention to more than just that. It's like, uh, right. Why are you guys? That's the only thing it feels like they have so many resources about. involved in like one, one feud. It's like, no, can can you please like you know make the others feel just as important? You know, why do y'all have a team?
4: Program. Why do you have a team of writers if you're not gonna have quality stories yeah. outside of the main event? Why do that? Y'all might as well just keep it to Vince and whoever, <laughs> like Bruce Pritchard and whoever he wants to keep him around in that small circle. Yeah. Why have the team of writers, uh, you know, they, what are they writing? <laughs> like, not writing for the other stuff, and, and and it has to be good. It's not. It's not right now. So mm-hmm. moving on from this current-day nonsense. Because <laughs> there's always, every time we talk about, like, current-day wrestling, it's like, oh, boy, it's bad. Let's go back to a time that wasn't necessarily great, but stuff kind of made better. more sense than this. <laughs> Uh, slightly better, Sli- maybe worse in some ways, but let's go uh, back definitely to- worse in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to January of 2006. Nick, you ready? Let's go. Hit it.
3: I describe it as uh, awe-inspiring.
2: Who said Awe-inspiring it is the most dangerous match in the history of our industry. Inferno match. I can't remember uh, ever being in a match quite quite like that. It was a lot more, bigger, harder, more than I could have ever expected. The human body's just not supposed to go through a match like that.
1: fantasies are
2: possible i want that wwe title more than i've ever wanted in my whole entire career
1: galito will be announced as the new wwe champion where you can achieve everything you desire masterpiece
2: will be the youngest champion ever i can assure you i'm walking out the new champion Welcome to Paradise.
1: A structure of pure evil. Here, you will be punished. Tortured. Torn to shreds. When it's over, it's a small price to pay. To have your dream. Come true, become champion and survive the chamber.
2: And now, rule and specialty board games. The makers of the WWE DVD board game present New Year's Revolution. Big
6: Pyro. And who was the commentator?
4: For the show? Yeah. Joey Styles and Jonathan Fulton.
5: Oh.
4: My God. What a way to kick off! W- there it is.
6: Joey Styles is here.
5: I think this is the first show
6: we uh, are deep diving that had him as the lead commentator overall. if I remember correctly.
4: That is 100% true. Lead commentator on an ECW show or two that we've done in the past, but not on a (laughs) WWE show, but New Year's Revolution 2006 took place on January 8th, 2006, so we're well past the 16th anniversary of this show. (laughs) Uh, It emanated from the pepsi arena in albany new york as it was known at this point of course we talked about for the 92 World rumble deep dive that is now known as the mvp arena and of course back then in 92 was known as most famously known as the knickerbocker arena so and we talked about you know mvp is a health services provider so you know they got cool. the naming rights but
6: cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool cool you know i still like knickerbocker uh,
4: yeah, knickerbockers. but you know, money. <laughs> make money. You know, all these building stadiums had unique names back in the day. And then it was like, we could do what? We can make money <laughs> off of the name? Sell it. Yeah. <laughs> and they sold yeah. it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So MVP Arena, it is. And on this night again, Pepsi Arena. So they've been selling the name to this to this to this building. But uh there was a lot going on in early two thousand six, uh heading into this show. Uh, it was WWE's first pay-per-view of the year, which is you know, probably obvious. Since it's only the eighth day of the year. Uh, and it includes an Elimination Chamber match. World uh, Rumble is later this month. So, of course, that's a big deal. But you got Edge still walking around with a Money in the Bank briefcase, the very first one, which he won at WrestleMania the year prior in L.A. Uh, then you got John Cena. Remember John Cena? Oh, yeah. He's probably not going to be at WrestleMania this year. Good for him. <laughs> He's got a show out, Peacemaker, which I've heard is, I've heard good things about. haven't personally watched it yet. But John Cena, you don't have to come back, bro. Don't do it. You're, you're better off in Hollywood. You, you're making big bucks now. You're doing big time stuff now. But in 2006, on this day in 2006, he was walking in into his 279th day as WWE champion. It was tied At that point, for the longest reign, longest WWE title reign since Diesel had it for 358 days back in 1994 and 1995. He was tied with, ironically, the person he beat for the title, JBL. JBL also had it for 279 days back in 04 and 05, Uh, but only one other person up until this point, since Diesel had the title for more than 200 days, and that was Shawn Michaels in 1996 when he had it for 231. So, you got Roman Reigns today. He, he's the Universal Champion for 500 days, and we hmm. have CM Punk hold it for four, over 400, and Brock had a pretty lengthy reign, I believe with the Universal title uh, a couple of years back as well. But back in 06, long title reigns were not the norm, <laughs> right? You didn't get one once every two years or once every year. You got... 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, maybe 100. But Cena was walking in 270, and JBL also 270, and it was only three people, or I guess four people since 95 that had it over 200 days. Again, Diesel, Shawn Michaels, JBL, and Cena. Um, Steve Austin didn't even have it for that long. You know what I'm saying? He didn't walk around with it for a year almost. The Rock didn't have it for that long. So this was a historic title reign. That's going to come to an end later in the night. Oh no! <laughs> Spoiler. Oh no! To <laughs> come to an end. Uh, this is, of course, a raw only pay per view. Back when WWE still had those uh, it was raw exclusive, uh, you'll find out soon why they don't do these anymore. I mean, <laughs> they did bring them. They did have try to do the brand exclusive shows when they brought back the brand uh, extension and. 2000 was it 2016 yeah they tried in the very beginning for a couple maybe a couple months they tried to do smackdown only raw only but did not take long before they scrapped that again (laughs) for the (sighs) second time they just Uh, have no clue what to
6: do when it
4: comes to no they're just repeating literally repeating the same mistakes Mm -hmm. and i was a fan i was a fan of the
6: brand exclusive stuff i mean obviously we'll see like you said we'll see why they they don't really do it It's because like the creative's just not there. you know. If the creative the was there, it'd depth. be perfect. But
4: It's not the depth of talent, it's the depth in creative. right? Like, There's nothing wrong with Shelton Benjamin and Viscera. The story was bad. <laughs> 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 right? Shelton Benjamin and Viscera both, both, <laughs> We're gonna talk about her. We're gonna talk about <laughs> Mama Benjamin. But both very talented in their own right. Yes. But ooh, This is also this wasn't you wouldn't know it
6: if you were just a a first time viewer on (laughs) this night.
4: Right. Oh, man. If it's your first time seeing Shelton Benjamin, you can't judge him based off of this night. Uh, Not this story whatsoever. But as we mentioned, uh, Joey Styles and Jonathan Coachman are on the call for this show. Uh, First time we've done a a show with Joey Styles or Jonathan Coachman doing a WWE show, uh, at least we've done ECW shows with Joey Styles. Uh, But Joey Styles and Jonathan Coachman, along with Jerry Lawler. Not a very memorable team (laughs) of announcers at all. Nothing against anyone, either any of them. It's just, I guess it didn't last too long because I don't, Joey Styles wasn't an announcer for that long of a period of time. Like, I think eventually he just shifted to like behind the scenes stuff for like pretty soon. I mean, obviously, uh, ECW is going to start later this year, right? In 06. So he shifts to ECW. Yeah. But, after that, I don't remember him be doing like Raw or SmackDown after that. So I think he just shifted to like behind the scenes stuff not long after this. So I not remember long, he walked out. Uh,
6: I don't remember if he was taken out uh, without like uh, saying like he wasn't anymore, but I think he filled in, if I remember correctly. And that's when he walked out. And then that eventually he would show up at ECW. There was no like story behind it. He, he cut yeah. a promo and then it was gone. And then he just. Resurfaced at ECW. It wasn't, right. it was nothing more than that.
4: Like, I hate this company. And I was like, but I still work here. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, there's that. But the opening match at New Year's Revolution in 2006 is for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. It is Dead Nature Boy Ric Flair defending the Intercontinental Championship against Edge. How many times? Well, this is the only time Ric Flair has ever been the IC champion, so this is, that's kind of weird to see like him with the IC yeah. title, yeah. and then you got Edge challenging Ric Flair for that title. Uh, it's crazy to think that this is a match that happened,
5: <laughs> like yeah.
4: two Hall of Famers, and yeah, they had an opening match in New Year's Revolution in 2006. Like there was a point in time when you look back, WWE's roster, WWE's product wasn't great, but their roster from I always talk about 2000. The roster was super deep, but that when WCW obviously closed the doors, it only made the roster deeper. And when you have like Booker T. and Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair and Edge and Christian and all these people on the same roster at the same time, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? That was crazy. crazy. But this feud in particular, for me, was hysterical. <laughs> Mainly because of Edge making fun of Ric Flair and his uh, road rage incident. <laughs> <laughs> right? I
6: vaguely remember that,
4: bro. <laughs> so you don't remember Edge imitating, impersonating Ric Flair, doing road rage?
6: I I don't think so. Was that, I guess that was on Raw, right? So
4: uh, not yeah. off the top oh, of my, my head, God. I would have to go. i would have to go back and watch that. Show. So, so here's the thing. In reality, Ric Flair was arrested and eventually released on bail on November 29th, 2005, after he allegedly assaulted a 29 year old man oh on Interstate 495 that in Charlotte, it? North Carolina. That was when he was
6: still champion, right? At this time, because he held it for a bit, didn't he?
4: Yeah, he could have been. I honestly don't know. I didn't look into that part of it. But this happened the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Right. Well, and he assaults this guy. He gets arrested six days later. Uh, <laughs> and Ric Flair gets out of his car and allegedly assaults this man.
5: This isn't fair, enough This
4: is not fair So Edge, being the dastardly heel that he is, mocks the guy who who actually allegedly beat up a guy who's a real heel actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just beat up people randomly in the middle of, the, of an interstate, by the way. Um. Ah. He mocks a guy who beat up the guy on the on road with a hilarious like skit. Like This is one of the funniest things WWE has ever done, where <laughs> Edge, for one, is incredible as Ric Flair. Okay? <laughs> where he's like he's just sitting in the car, woo, 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 woo. And like just sitting there driving. And, this is my town. This is my town. I'm the nature boy. And he's sitting in the car with the robe on, <laughs> driving down the street, somebody who the person driving the other car is robbie e or yeah robbie e or he's um what's his name in nxt now robert stone robert stone yeah yeah he's actually the person driving the other car and cuts him off so <laughs> <laughs> and he's like what you don't cut off the nation boy this is my town and he pulls <laughs> ahead of the guy gets out of the car <laughs> He gets out. He's like, he gets out, and goes, whoa, whoa, whoo, Oh, I need to calm down. Too many woos, or something like that. He walks up to dudes in his car. He goes, Who do you think you are? Cutting up Ric Flair in my town. In Charlotte. This is my town. I'm the nature boy. Pulls him out of the car and chops him in the chest multiple times. <laughs> gets him on the ground and on the middle of the street. Puts him in the frigor four. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you gotta go back and watch this. It's too funny, man.
6: Chopping <laughs> him right now, <laughs> doing the woo with it. He's strutting now. <laughs> right, it throws him in the eye. Thumbs him,
4: <laughs> him in the eye.
6: <laughs> this is <a> broad daylight. <laughs> like did they watch the highway off? The I highway,
3: guess they did, bro. Hilarious.
6: <laughs>
4: That's the figure. Four. <laughs> Edge is too. That was too good. Edge deserves an Oscar that for I this, bro. this, I almost forgot about it until I watched this match. He's tapping. He's He's just tapping.
6: Tapping. They're in the middle of the road, like right by an overpass. <laughs> that is awesome. That's hilarious. Right the right o- that was insane. by an overpass like they must have blocked had that right. blocked off. Or they something. had to. There's or no cars like, around. No other cars around.
4: Right, even like super early in the morning, somebody's driving through. Yeah,
6: that's funny. I can't believe right. I don't dude. remember that off the top of my head.
4: Oh my god! because to me, Edge makes later. the whole skit. He is so <laughs> funny as Rick Flair. Like now you see why Edge has done like TV shows and and stuff like that. He's really. <laughs> he said he's good. wearing the
6: robe. He's a uh, is like full pink robe with the. Thing around the neck, I, I don't know i what they're technically called, and around the wrist area, so it's not like it's like the big no, fancy a, robe that he was wearing. Yeah, <laughs> so a, that's the
4: Flair made I don't know. I, I wonder if Flair actually gave him that robe to wear. I don't <laughs> Probably know, it legit, <laughs> it did. It does, <laughs> like what? Ed, no, Edge, uh, he deserves an award for that, bro. That was that's great, hysterical. My, ta- this is my town. Ta- this is my town. Ta- ta- I'm the nature boy. <laughs> Like, did he really need to wear the
6: wig? Like, that's
0: hilarious. (laughs) Yes, of course he did.
4: (laughs) All the little things that that Edge did to imitate Ric Flair were dead-on perfect. He was too funny. (laughs) Like, hysterically funny as Ric Flair. But here's the thing. Real... (laughs) He gets uh, out of the car and
6: starts it. strutting and then goes to the car behind him.
4: <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and he
6: comes into to the door. What are you
0: doing?
5: This is
6: my town.
4: Up <laughs> against the
5: door.
4: With his hands in the door. You get out of this car right now. Get out the car. <laughs> <laughs> you come out of here right now. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's a, it's, it's a nice touch, but it's also a very interesting thing that Rick that Edge did. Edge if you notice Edge wore a flare robe, you know, we don't know if it's a real one or not. But he wore it with only with nothing but dress shoes. <laughs> yeah. He has no pants yeah, on. No. <laughs> no shirt on. And it's like that's because it was widely known that Flair would wear the robe with no clothes on from time to time. Mm. And like now we know like in 2022 or I guess last year even in 2021 from the dark side of the ring thing, it's like, "Oh, that's like you know, it's always been talked about Kind of a humorous way, but it's never been talked about from the the victims' perspective of yes. the people who are being accosted by Flair because he's butt ass naked right. in his robe, you know, swinging his just junk around. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, and that, but that you get if you go back and watch Dark Side of the Ring, that really affected that woman, and I'm not surprised. Yeah. You, yeah. You're not once you see it, it's, it's not totally surprising, but we you, you just never heard it from that perspective. So it's it, it's a night at the time. It's like it's a, like a nice touch by Edge. He could have put clothes on underneath that that robe if you're fully rick flair you don't have anything on right. but the dress shoes you still got the loafers on you know you got the alligators that he's you know he, he's having a hard time to keep down He still got those on but nothing else <laughs> right <laughs> but it's interesting to think about in hindsight because like i said it's widely known that's what that's what would flair would do and the part of the reason why tommy dreamer was like so flipping about it he's like yeah you yeah, know that's just flair hmm. but yeah if you felt that way in 2006 that's where it was in 2006. This is 2020 or 2021, whenever we recorded that interview. We are long past the point of thinking that's just like fun stuff now. Right. Like, that's why it was like inexcusable that Tommy Dreamer felt that way. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Like, we're well past this. Like, 2006, if you said that, I that's 2006. Okay. 16, 15, 16 years ago. But 2020 to 21st century, we should not, well, not 21st century, but like in the 2020s, we should not be thinking this way. We're, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Anymore. exactly.
6: We're legitimately aware now of the, uh, traumatization it, it gives the victims where, you know, we weren't privy to that uh, as a society, uh, you know, back then because they were, you know, silent because of they were afraid of the reaction and stuff like that. But now they're not silent and people get mad because it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, like it's legitimately traumatizing to the victims and they have a right to speak out about it. And we have a right to call that out now. Like we understand as a society, we've grown to understand that that stuff's just not like, funny or hokey it's just like ah oh, you're taking it too seriously like that that's gone that that's passe right now <laughs> like the yeah. Mister man said of the, the era of the superheroes and stuff was passe it's like that huh? time in history that time in society is passe like we've grown and we understand a lot more now than we did then.
4: right so not judging anybody who were part of that skid like that because that's just what it was back then uh and again edge was hysterical like i like yeah. he was too funny <laughs> as flair uh and like i said it's like a nice touch to be in the room with nothing else under because that's that's flair even added for the uh that's date
6: flare. to the video with the time the time stamp it's like <laughs> six something p.m so <laughs> it's like okay this is like geez it's rush hour pretty much and then 11 23 i said it, i think it was eleven twenty three or 25 or something so yeah that's funny no, it,
4: it technically, according November to, like, 20th, reports, it happened on November 23rd, like the day before Third, Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he got he didn't get arrested until the 29th. Mm. Um, and he's least on bail. So I don't know what really came <laughs> he of probably it.
6: Probably filed. The guy was like, well, he had this robe on. And it said Nature <laughs> Boy. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, <laughs> Easy to say find. no more.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got to find him. I don't know what came of it. You know, if he had to pay a fine or whatever, but. He didn't. I don't think he did like jail time or anything like that, or did probation. Probably I don't know not. what happened. Probably got swept under the rug because was Probably in Charlotte, yeah. and this is my town, Rick Flair's <laughs> town.
6: You know, so I'm the Intercontinental Champion.
4: <laughs> like, uh, relax, right. <laughs> I, I love, I love Edge's impersonation. I just love it. it. is is so funny, man. He's so funny. Kudos, hat to the Edge for <laughs> a great Rick Flair impersonation. Um, but Edge himself on the New Year's Revolution, he starts off the match by jumping Ric Flair from behind, and off we go for this match, which to me didn't have any real major bells and whistles, but it was still very good. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I actually really enjoyed this match. I guess maybe because it was pretty simple. You're not going to do a whole lot of stuff with Ric Flair anyway. And, and Edge mm-hmm. is you know, obviously in his prime. Uh, at one point, Flair, <laughs> he thumbed Lita in the eye, and then <laughs> Pumped the air right in her face and then tossed her into the ring and then put her in the figure four.
6: Yeah, because that like, makes a lot of sense. Right. Because she's the legal person, apparently.
4: He did a lot to her in this match. Yeah. Uh, again, this is 2006. The old man. People were okay with men beating up women, including thumbing her in the eye. <laughs>
6: like,
4: yeah, for no reason.
6: She wasn't, I think she was like minding her business and then he started chasing her. It's like,
4: what What are you doing?
6: You're kicking Edge's ass right now and then you go outside to start chasing her around. Like, she didn't do anything.
4: Right. To so hell, her. That Rick. was. As in hindsight, again, kind of weird. But Edge came in and you know saved the day. He he prevented this terrible man from beating up this woman. Had her under Ric Flair, he's gonna break his this woman's leg. Right. It could have been any woman though, especially his girlfriend. Cracked Ric Flair upside the head with that briefcase, <laughs> And in the match in a wildcat.
5: Hear
6: this. Listen. Oh, Damn. Oh, loud as hell, man. Like the like the bell's gonna stop it, but. Dude, that was like stiff. At least it sounded.
4: <laughs> I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Popped his ass right in his forehead. Pow! And then Flare, of course, because it's Flare. He's got a blade, so he's yeah. busted open and he's yeah. bleeding everywhere. And then Edge hit him a couple more times in the head yeah. for good yeah. measure. Yep. <laughs> Stop a, 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 assaulting woman. Terrible man. Bopped his ass in the head multiple times. Edge was the baby face here. <laughs> Pretty much. He saved his girlfriend. Edge didn't cheat. Nah. I mean, I guess he cheated when he hit him in the head with a briefcase, but he got disqualified. But he was just defending yeah. his the honor of his woman at that he at was. that point. He, he really was. Right. Also, uh, we did not get uh, a, a run in between Lita and Beth Phoenix in the Royal Rumble. It's <laughs> it's not, <laughs> yeah. Even I think I said on the Fox Sports the that that's what I was you, was hoping for you, you did. because I I fired off a negativity and uh, I'm here for the drama, but. <laughs> It did well, not happen. The, the
6: funny thing the is, I had mentioned, okay, I, I picked Lita to win, to have one last run at WrestleMania or whatever, have a title shot. She t- she didn't win, but she's actually getting a title shot at Elimination Chambers. So, like, right. but do I not get credit though. for that in a, a little bit? like,
4: It's not It's not WrestleMania, though. <laughs> I know. You said WrestleMania. She's
6: getting a title shot, though. So. Yeah, but – How about that?
4: I think I think WrestleMania is a qualifier <laughs> on that, though. <laughs>
6: I mean, I'm not saying give me 50% credit, but I, I, I'd take 15. 15? 15. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's still in, like, that prominent position. She just showed up, you know, on Raw, and I was like, oh, my God, like, Lita. <laughs> so, how about that? She's still in a prominent position. So, in, in, in during WrestleMania season, how about that? During WrestleMania season. Maybe yeah, I should have qualified for, that.
4: Good for Lita. And it's now, you know, they've done this with the men, year and year after year after year but they haven't really done this with the women yet and that's bring back some legendary figures that they, now they're bringing back leader <laughs> not for wrestlemania per se but you know not, not yet not yet we'll, we'll not see. yet but at some point you would think trish stratus might come back for right. a dream match scenario hopefully it's just not charlotte in the dream match constantly <laughs> um but you know you got you got uh trish stratus i'm trying to think who else they could bring back and that would be like dope like maybe I don't, I don't know, um, Victoria. Yeah. I don't know. Like, they already haven't, you know, like. But at least like in a like prominent position, back, uh... like not like yeah, in the Royal Rumble, okay, or the uh, the women's pay per view where they did okay. some stuff. I'm talking like a prominent position this time of the year. I think year. Maria
6: would have been great, but I don't, I don't see her coming back because well, she, she's she's, still... she's noticeable. People know her.
4: Is she still involved with Ring of Honor though? I think she might be still involved with I don't them. Know. And, I mean,
6: who is? Coming...
4: And they've announced their that. return. So, oh, did they? Yeah, I'm I pretty I sure totally I saw that, that like maybe a, a couple of weeks ago. Even they were coming back. Um, now look at me
6: not paying attention to anything. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to look that up.
4: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can look it up real quick, but um, I'm pretty sure they said that they're gonna have a uh, the next show is coming up. It actually announced the date of it. I can't remember. Let me see. Yeah, uh, this is January first. Actually, yeah. Um It says they're coming back. Ago. <laughs> April second. Uh yeah, April is that April second,
6: April first, twenty
4: twenty two. About that? yeah, they're they're gonna come back in some capacity. We don't know what's gonna be like, and look like, but uh, they're gonna be back. So yeah, maybe she's still involved with them, and she can't really do stuff with WWE at the moment. I'm sure if they like with Impact, if they ask the Ring of Honor, like hey, can we have, can we get Maria for a date or two? Ring of Honor would gleefully obliged, especially if they were like, "Hey, can you mention that she's Ring of Honor's <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Maria Canellas?" <laughs> like, you know, and anyway, we can get Mike Bennett too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that. But yep, at the end of this match, again, Ric Flair knocked right upside his head, Fire Edge, for good reason, with a yeah. massive briefcase. Uh, but then we go backstage mm. after that because Rick Flair is a bloody mess. He's he's unconscious. But we, can go, we go backstage with Todd Grisham as he is set for an interview with Kurt Angle.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, my guest at this time, Kurt Angle. Cheers. Kurt, later tonight, you'll participate in your first ever Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. What's going through your head right now?
2: Well, before I get into that, first of all, I'd like to say that I hope the US loses the war in Iraq. Me too. <laughs> and uh, while I'm at it, I think the greatest country in the world is France. What do you think? Oui, oui. And, and you know, truth be told, I'm not a very big fan of the black people. The hell? <laughs> what? And, and if I would go back in time, the one person in history I'd like to make tap out would have to be Jesus. Who do you <laughs> think? <What? laughs>
4: What, what are you? What are you talking about? What are you? The <laughs> is, <laughs> I can
2: say anything I want to these idiots, and they'll still cheer for me. Sure, when I first come out, they'll chant "You suck," but after a couple seconds, I got them in the palm of my hands. They give me a standing ovation every time, and why is that? It's like a dog knows when a storm's coming in. Everyone, all these fans know. That I am the greatest wrestler in the world. I'm better than Cena. I beat Shawn Michaels and Kane at WrestleMania. And Chris Masters and Carlito aren't even in my league. Not even close. Ooh, no, I won my very first title right here in Albany. <laughs> and tonight,
4: I'm going to do, do it, it again. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're allowed, to...
2: allowed
4: to unpack there. A lot. Obviously. Uh, for one, I had I've completely forgot that Sean DeVario was managing Kurt Angle at one point. Yeah, I did too. I totally blocked that out of my mind. Maybe it was a, maybe a short period of time or something. It was. I don't know if he was there by WrestleMania uh, when he was world champion for that triple threat against Orton and Rey Mysterio, but that's neat to hear. Yeah, that. I don't even remember that either. Right. Two, Kurt Angle was awesome at this point. Like, this is probably. Honestly, one of my if, if early Kurt Angle's maybe people's like favorite Kurt Angle, like when he was doing three eyes and he's yeah. kind of goofy, but he still yeah. would win matches. Early 06, Kurt Angle was badass, right? When he was just they just made him exactly what he is a wrestling machine and he could tear anybody apart and he had the mouthpiece. He was wearing the, the lower, the low cut boots. He wasn't wearing like the high, the, I don't know, high top or knee high boots anymore. He was wearing the low cut boots and he was just out there I hated killing that. people. I hated like,
5: that. you
4: hated it. The I boots, love this Kurt Angle. I
6: hated the boots.
4: Oh, but, but, I didn't hate the character, wear. but
6: I was more of a fan of his 99 2000 character than this one. But
4: And that's understandable. I didn't I get hate that. It, that's but... that's like the classic Kurt Angle, that, that yeah. first incarnation of him with three eyes and everything. And it, look, he was hysterical as that too. He was great. But this version, I just wish we got more out of this. It's a shame he had so many personal kind of issues going on, and then he eventually left yeah. and went to yeah, TNA. Yeah, by the end of
6: the year, he was gone.
4: Right. Because this version was badass, bro. Like I, This was like the version that, to me, like this is what I would want out of Brock. I mean, this is what Brock pretty much is, and he does German suplexes all the time. <laughs> but Kurt's intensity and his ability to really talk, and he, he just, oh, it was just great, right? I just love this version of Kurt Angle. And I think that's... (laughs) He's he's making a point in that no matter what he said, people would still like him. And I guess I'm one of those people. I never knew he had this promo. (laughs) right? But that's a wild way to make that point.
5: What the hell is going on here?
4: Right? So you want to tap out Jesus. Wild. France is the greatest country in the world, which that's like your opinion, man. Okay? And then... What was the first thing he said? He um, he hopes we lose the war in Iraq. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And then I don't like, quote unquote, the black people. <laughs> yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> my Simmons was offended, naturally. <coughs> Excuse me. And yeah,
6: Why didn't he come in and make it a cameo? And just, uh...
4: <clears throat> he should have. That would have sent me into hysterics, actually. <laughs> so, like, when I first hear this, like, when I first, when he had me in the first half, bro, like, first, when I first... <laughs> Heard the, I've heard the hurt first half of this promo. I was like, "What in the hell is who wrote this?" Cardangos a racist now, and then he goes, "No matter what I say, they like me." I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." See, so he was oh, making okay. a point. That's it still was,
6: crazy. It was a little highbrow, you know. Like <laughs> you gotta wait for the for the punchline, you know. <sighs> Still, that, he could have left that out. I mean, like that, you had enough with the Jesus. You had enough with the war and, and France yeah. and stuff. Like that was enough. You didn't have to add. <laughs> but I guess that
4: can't offend Jesus neither, right? Like you don't want to offend Jesus. That's bad. But that promo threw me for many loops. Yeah. Many many loops. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Wait a second. Hold up. Hold up. I didn't want it back. Reason again. Process like okay. All right, I think I get I get the point he's trying to make, again, but it's just a wild way to make the point, right? <laughs> like, we don't have to do that, but okay, here we are. Somebody wrote that for Kurt, mm. knowing that it would trigger people, especially black people. I wonder if they were actually racist. I don't know. Like, I don't like... Uh-huh. no, that's right. The black people, especially when you say it like that. like
6: Yeah. Like, did he do air quotes? Did he do air quotes? He might have the black people. Like the way he said it, I remember. I don't remember if I saw him do air quotes, but that, like, he was prepping for that. He was he was preparing himself, I think, because he knew that would land uh, rather uh, Even, not a soft landing.
4: Look, two thousand six, sixteen years ago, things were a little different back then. They were. Even Nat was still like, ooh, god damn. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you had to turn that back around and be like, I can say whatever I want, and they still right. cheer be Like, okay, okay, we we could we could say other stuff. Though. Right, they would they, have
6: to like list a couple things that you would never say ever, and like, it was like you had like probably ten examples, and then they pick like you know the three or four of them that he listed right. as the quote unquote best ones. So, that
4: made the cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was like I said, that threw me for many many loops. I was, and I totally whoa. forgot
6: about that. I saw your tweet. You know, I tweeted I have some thoughts on Kurt Angle's promo. So mm-hmm. that before I even watched the entire show back, I I went to that just to see, uh, like what it was about. And I was like, oh shit, I
4: forgot he said that. Like oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that promo was wild. Yeah. So, but moving on from that, <laughs> we're back in the ring where the refs are finally peeling. Brick Flair's ass off the mat <laughs> so we can get on with the show. You can't stay out there dead all night. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> get your ass backstage and get this up. <laughs> get on out of here. Show sure goes on, dude. Come on. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and in some very morbid ways, unfortunately. Yep. Um, so when they got him out of there, it was now time for the WWE Women's Championship with Trish Stratus defending against her number one fan Mickey James again, who is at the Royal Rumble as the Impact Women's Champion. She still looks damn good sixteen years later. But on holla. this night, oh, go ahead. I said holla. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm taking though, but you can have Nick, uh, Mickey, if you're interested. I know Nick Aldis. <laughs> hey,
6: I'm I'm another Nick. Not Nick
4: Aldis. Me Nick McComb. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. that, I'll change my I last name.
6: Common, you know. I will change my last name. Yeah, I need to.
4: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I do whatever you want, Mickey. Just, just be, just be my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go half on the baby while we had it. <laughs> but uh, the fact that WWE kind of stretched this out to WrestleMania, I don't think that gets talked about enough. Like, I forgot they had their first match against each other at elimina- at uh, not Elimination yeah. Chamber, New Year's Revolution.
6: I forgot this too.
4: And they had to climax. What would that have been? Two or three months later, Ooh, with a second okay. match that people were into. Whoa, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> I get it. Especially for this story. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty good job of them because people were still interested by WrestleMania too.
6: Yeah, I remember. Uh, I even the first note I made was I thought this was one of the better built women's feuds of this era.
4: Yeah, I mean, how many of do we have to choose from? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I mean,
6: that's true. That's, that's true. And list. the whole, you know, like obviously we saw highlight packages, and you know, Mickey eventually kissing her on the lips, and that was different for that era. But I looked at it as like the Goldust type mind games that he played with Razor Ramon and like his opponents when he debuted. So that's kind of where I thought they were building to, uh, where Mickey was just trying to get inside Trisha's head and w- with all this stuff, and yeah. that was kind of like my takeaway at, at, in 2006. But it was definitely one they spent a lot of time on. The video package they showed was well done. It was what, like three, four, or five minutes. Like it, it really st- encapsulated their history together in just a few short months. That you know they were interacting, and uh, even we'll see after the match. You know, even backstage at the instant access thing where you know mickey just acts like nothing happened you know it's just kind of mm-hmm. crazy how they how they built this in, in a good way yeah,
4: yeah this was this is what a well thought out well told story by wwe one of the very few probably overall but also one of the very few of this time period for the women they did not put thought and care into those stories beyond what we'll see later on in the bra panties gauntlet match like are they taking off their clothes Okay, I like it. But like this was like you could tell it was time and care put in. I don't know who put this together, who's responsible for this. Obviously, Vince McMahon signed off on it. It's not Shane McMahon. It was not Shane McMahon. Uh but WWE tried this kind of storyline before with, you know, they have like a kind of a stalker type fan. Uh yeah, where Mickey Tory, James yeah. in this case is stalking Trish Stratus and she's like, you know, obsessed with Trish Stratus. They tried this before a couple years prior with Sable and Tori. That was horrible. <laughs> like yeah. that did not go well at all. I'm surprised they actually tried it again, after how bad that went. Neither one of them was because the they mic.
6: knew Mickey James was like could to get a better match out <laughs> of.
4: Well, yeah, but like with Sable and Tori, Sable, if we, as over as she was, she wasn't really particularly great promo, at least from what I remember. I mean, she no, had this, no, the she, catchphrase, she like you know, all the. Girls want to, women want to be me, and the guys who want to be with me or see me or whatever it is. She had that and let's do the grind. And she'd sw- you know, swing her <laughs> hips around, but she wasn't like, you know, enthralling on the mic. She didn't stop. See, you say that just made me laugh. Do the what? <laughs> <laughs> the grind. You know how she, she would say it. I'm just want to, it's time to do the grind. And she'd do her thing. And people were like, yay. And it's like, that was it. But it was, Sable wasn't known for her promos. Yeah. So neither one, and no, I don't ever recall Tori speaking <laughs> like <in> my <laughs> off the top of my head. So that's how good she was in the mic. And then they were even worse in the ring together. Sable wasn't super experienced, and then Tori, I, I, maybe she was okay, but from what I saw, it's just like, eh. And then, but, but Trisha and Mickie James were the exact opposite, both yeah. could hold their own. You know, as far as in promos and segments, and they were great in the ring, and we'll see how great they are in this match. But uh, yeah, th- this was leaps and bounds better than when they tried it in '99 with Table with Sable and Tori. I'm gonna say Table, <laughs> table, and, <laughs> table and sorry. Yeah, just Table. Um, one thing I noticed: the OG Women's Title Belt. Low key, kind of dope. I kind of, I kind of liked it. I, liked I think it. the, I think the current ones are better because they, they're kind of big and they match yeah, the men's. Yeah. Uh, but this one was, I thought was a, was a good look, back in the day. Yeah, like
6: full gold, uh, women's, very prominently shown on the title. So yeah, it, it's a, it stood it's deep out
4: design. Yeah,
6: red it. the red font. Like I liked it.
4: Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I appreciated it. Um, but when I was looking. Through some things, I was did some research for um, the for Gregory Helms and his cruiserweight title mm-hmm. reign, which I will talk about later, and you know the the different title histories that WWE has for the cruiserweight title. When I looked through that, I just stumbled upon the women's title, the WWE Women's Championship, which is a championship that Trish Stratus is holding on this night. That is WWE's oldest title lineage, right now. Like, according to WWE.com, the WWE Women's Championship, the one that's retired now, not not the SmackDown or the Raw Women's Championship, those go back to 2016, I believe. The Women's OG Women's Championship goes back to 1956. The WWE Championship goes back to 1963. And it's just like, I never knew that until I looked this up for this show. So, because WWE doesn't acknowledge the nwa lineage at all of course that goes back to 1905 so like for them the world heavyweight championship starts in 02 and the wcw lineage the wcw world heavyweight championship lineage starts in 91 and i assume that's when Uh, excuse me that's when
6: jim crockett
4: right and it became wcw wow so but they don't acknowledge the NWA. It's funny because they didn't. They
6: didn't. WCW acknowledge it back to 1905, like their own WCW title yeah. lineage. Yeah, so and even when
4: the, when it was a world title in WWE, I remember Jim Ross on a multiple matches saying like this world heavyweight championship dates back to 1905, right. like this yeah. lineage. But of course, that was then. WWE can easily just revise history yeah. whenever they want. Um. And they did, <laughs> right? World title goes back to 02. WC, WCW title goes back to 01. <laughs> so according to their website, the only world title that existed in wrestling was a WWE championship <laughs> in the 80s. From, <laughs> the, uh, the second brother. world title popped up in 91, <laughs> right? They don't, like I said, they don't acknowledge the, you know, the NWA World Heavyweight title, which of course Flair had and Harley Race and George Hackenship and all these old timers back in the day. Uh, again, back to 1905. So, interesting, very interesting how they do that. It is very it's a very tangled web. We'll talk about it later with the Cruiserweight title. But yeah, uh do you know who the very first WWE women's or the first women's champion in WWE history is according to that lineage?
6: Uh Black Widow.
4: No. This should be easy, bro. Honestly, I was gonna say Bula, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought that was like too
6: easy. I thought it was like a trick question. No. So,
4: okay. If One of those is like bang on. You instantly that was the first, uh, obviously, the first mind
6: or name that popped into my mind. But right. I tried to go.
4: She, she on September eighth, <laughs> September eighteenth, nineteen fifty six. According, this is all according to www.com, by the way. So this is what I'm going by. <laughs> uh, just so so people are like, well, just no, just I'm just going to buy their website here. And it's the technically their title, so, uh, you know, they would have, I guess, technically, they would be the official, um, you know, they would have the official lineage, even though sometimes they can revise history again, I know. <laughs> uh, but September 18th, 1956, Moolah defeated Judy, I think it was Judy Grable? Judy Grable, right, well, I don't know if no, I, no. <laughs> no, it could be that too. Um, I don't know if I made a typo there and wrote that wrong. I'm going to double check that now because I don't want to say... Uh, the nice lady's name wrong you know uh while well, mentioning her on our podcast um so let me give me a second while I look that up but yeah Fabulous Moolah won it back in 1956 she, I would
6: assume she kept it for years and years at this point you know when...
4: your assumption is hundred percent correct sir because
6: <laughs> i so... I remember I didn't really look up the uh history of the women's title before but yeah, that my guess would be, uh, oh, she first lost it to what, like Wendy Richter or something. <laughs> yeah, was...
4: so, so she yeah. beat Judy Grable, as it is Grable, in the finals of a tournament to be crowned a champion back in 1956. She did not lose a title until July 23rd, 1984. Wow. when she lost to Wendy Richter. Oh, wow. Uh, she held the title for 28 <laughs> – yeah, you're right. Because – because you you know wrestling and it's not like you're even like a deep dive historian, but you know, Moolah had a stranglehold on the title, yeah. <laughs> until yeah. the eighties, we didn't we didn't even see like we don't even look back and watch like women's wrestling before the eighties really, until wow. WWF was kind of putting on TV because you didn't really right. see it too much and you know look back and look back at stuff in the sixties and seventies you don't see it that often even though it obviously existed, but it's just different time. But she held that title for 28 years and four different decades, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. That's just stupid. But right? didn't she
6: hold it in like 2000 or something?
4: She might have. She might have won it back at some point. <laughs> I'm, I would not be surprised. It's just, it's just like a lifetime achievement type yeah. of thing. Um, but for one reason or another, for, for a variety of reasons, Moolah had a stranglehold on the women's, on women's wrestling here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And she did everything she could to maintain her grip, including dressing up as the Spider Lady to win the title back from Wendy Richter in 1986. So we talk about the Montreal Screwjob, but this is the, well, the not really the original, because, you wow. not even original, because apparently this stuff type of stuff happened back in the day, like in the yeah. 50s and 60s, yeah. a lot. But this is like the women's screwjob, you know, <laughs> uh, for Wendy Richter. Um, but she pretty much controlled all of women's wrestling from the training to the booking and she would train the women and then when they would get booked she would take a cut of their their uh their pay right she was you know according to people she was ruthless deceptive and in some cases downright just rotten according to people and despite her success you know as far as being the pretty much the the longest probably longest reigning champion in wrestling history like nobody's held a title for in four different decades you know what I'm saying? In 28 straight years, like Bruno San Martino didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that that probably should go to show like the type of control Moolah had on women's wrestling, where she could just hold the title for that long. Uh But despite that, you would think that because of that, that would be like, oh, man, she's a decorated and, 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 and beloved champion. That's not the case, because of the general public who know about uh, all the accusations and transgressions of Fabulous Moolah, her legacy is not even complicated you know some people the legacy is complicated right like yeah they were great but man they did this most people don't rock with mula (laughs) right her legacy is one of exploitation and greed which is why when wwe announced a fabulous mula memorial battle royal or whatever yeah back in 2018 wrestling fans rightfully lost their damn minds right and it's just another instance of WWE being super tone deaf. <laughs> like, yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you even like why? Why would you do that? I'm going to say you had to make young classic. It's like, oh, let's give Moolah something. No. <laughs> like, do you not realize what she was what people have said about her and like that she's done back in the day? Like how again, greedy and exploitative she was. No, we can't we can't rock with Moolah because of that. Um, so they eventually of course WW changed it <laughs> and yeah. quickly get away with it, but this is not again. We're still dealing with this today with Gunther Stark, and they're like, "Oh, that's bad. Change it." It's like, "Bruh, <laughs> just look it up." Like, what are we was doing the quality control around here? And y'all, y'all just do yeah. stupid stuff. So you know, and then they the react w- to it like
6: they have to react to it. It's like, why don't you like just so right. you don't have to react to something? Do your due diligence first.
4: <laughs> right. Be pro, be proactive, not reactive. Yeah, that's it's a good. Um, you know kind of way to mantra, live by mantra. you know get ahead of the stuff before it gets really bad because it just makes you look stupid now WWE you know they announced a couple days ago they have like record profits and all this and that, so it doesn't really hurt them in the long run just, it just seems like they're just bulletproof for some reason but it just still in that short term period it's a bad look and it's, but it's e- so easily avoidable. They just, yeah. but they, for whatever reason, they just constantly step in landmines all the time. Yeah. Like yeah. when we do stuff with social media with the Eagles, it's like, okay, how do we not step in it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like if we can avoid the landmine, let's avoid it. But let's not step in it on our own. And, you know, don't right. make any unavoidable, don't make avoidable mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, some things are unavoidable. It's just, it is what it is. But WWE, they step right on in it every single time. Um, <laughs> And WWE was like, "Yeah, fabulous Moolah Memorial Battle Royal," and everybody's like, "Why would we celebrate someone with the reputation that she had, whether even if it's exaggerated or not? It's still really bad. Why would we yeah. celebrate this?" Yeah. And even though she should have been like a beacon for women's wrestling, but because of all of that and her thirty year thirty year damn near title reign, if anything, she did more to hold back women's wrestling than she did to promote it, which is like. That, that's bad, <laughs> like obviously. You know? So, that was just something I, I stumbled upon in, in my research for this show. It was very odd, and uh, I did not know, again, the women's title, the women's championship, is technically, according to WWE.com, the has the oldest lineage in WWE history. Even older than the WWE championship. So, a little food for thought there. Shh, but, after this match, which was did much more for women's wrestling than Fabulous Moolah did, uh, despite the fact that Mickey James copped a feel early on in the match, yeah, to the yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I guess it was part of the story or whatever. But I, I, honestly, I don't think it needed the the sexual overtones. I think just her being obsessed with Trish was enough. Mm-hmm. But We're WWE still, they even be, though it's
6: 2006, it was still like there was still Attitude Era type of stuff going on. Right. here and they're there, just
4: so. horny all the time. Like these dudes don't <laughs> have they just. Sexually like depraved men and sexually deprived men—they don't get enough sex. They just got to put it on TV all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, dude, like, don't stop being so damn horny. <laughs> like, what does it mean? It's Like, Bonk, go to horny jail. That would be WWE every day. <laughs> go to horny jail because you're always just doing something freaky, and we'll see it again, and again later on with the uh, Braun Panties gauntlet match. So they're coming up with creative oh, ways to have a Braun Panties match. <laughs> you want <laughs> <right>? to
6: <laughs> hear what Joey Styles said about that? Mr.
3: Not. McMahon, once again, the innovator in sports entertainment has made history.
4: It's made
6: history. during the broad panties match. So.
4: Yeah, we're we're going to look back on this. Joey like, Styles. Mm-mm. Historic. It's a historic day. Remember that? History, history was made that day. Back in 2006. Um, <laughs> at one point, though, in this match, Mickey James thought about hitting Trish with the title belt. but and that, Even though that would have gotten her immediately disqualified, it would have been counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. So, her winning the title, <laughs> she <laughs> thought about it, but opted not to, which was still very smart. But this match overall was very, very good, especially considering what time period it is. And you just did not see really well done wrestling matches. And again, that brown panties match, you see what, what, the, what the, the norm of as far as wrestling, yeah. women's wrestling. But these two obviously were a cut above. And Victoria, too, can't leave Victoria out. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, Mickey James hit the Stratus took too long to make the cover, so Trish kicked out. And then Trish eventually hit the quote-unquote chick kick uh, to win the match and retain the title. But again, this match I thought was great.
6: Yeah, 7 minutes, 18 seconds. Would have liked to see them go longer. But for what women's wrestling was portrayed in WWE at this time, it definitely stood out. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this match. I remembered liking this story, but I don't remember, like I said before, that they actually faced each other before WrestleMania. So uh, this was still a good match, regardless.
4: Yeah, I was, I was, I was very entertained by this match. I thought it was very good, and uh, kudos to both of them. Which yeah. and again, it's not really surprising. They're both, you know, they're both hall of or I don't know if Mickey's in the Hall of Fame yet, but she should be. Uh, but you know, they're both Hall of Fame talents. They're both Pioneers and legends in women's wrestling—they're uh they're that for a reason. uh So yeah. and this match, proved that you know yeah. there's a good reason why the women of today the they look to, to to them and be like, man, I idolize them because they were actually really good at what they did. They weren't just out there just to look right. good, right. even though they did look very good. But <laughs> they were also very talented. You know that was first and foremost. You know maybe not in 2006, you know Jerry Lawless out there like, oh yeah, I love it, but like. Being a horn dog again, bonk, go to horny jail. But uh, they were very talented, so I I applaud, I stand uh, Mickey and Trish. Great outing from the both of them. Moving on, though, we now get we're now backstage with Maria Canellis, who is acting like I don't. Her character. What was her character? <laughs> I a child.
6: Don't know, but given how WWE books, uh, you know, characters, I could see that It'd be like, oh, like whatever they first thought about her during that diva search, that initial de- diva search that I think she was a part of. They're like, even if she doesn't win, they're going to bring her in because they already have like a an idea for her, and then that that was what this was, even though it wasn't. Good at all. Right.
4: They made her like a, a, I guess, like a, she had like the brain, she talked like a child. Like, yeah. And yeah, yeah, she's very attractive, but like, who, why would that be attractive though? Like, her, the way she acts, like physically, she looks great, but like, she's like, yeah, and I'm here at the New Year's Revolution. And it's like, what am I, am I missing something here or this feels like weird to me? Like, well, I, then she I, I,
6: interviewed herself, didn't she? So that was, and then she yeah. would like switch what places, and very
4: strange. <laughs> what? That's something a kid would do, or something like. It just feels, it just feels weird. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, for her character, yeah. And in, in reality, Maria's a uh, super intelligent. It's not like she's a dumb person. Like, and that's how she is. Like, no, she's. She pretty much runs Vengabana's women's division, I believe. So. She definitely I, I don't wasn't like they...
6: that on her second go-around with WWE when <laughs> she was with Mike no. Bennett. And she definitely wasn't this. No. I, I mean, I just, she, it I... wasn't great, but, I mean, it wasn't this, at least.
4: Yeah, she felt like an actual adult woman the second time around. With just like, are y'all making her like childlike? Which is weird. But, again, this is also coming off the heels of, like, you know, Britney Spears had a hit song when she was 16 in a schoolgirl outfit. And all of a sudden dudes were, like, going crazy over the schoolgirl outfits and hey, lusting was over that was spears. great <laughs> Right, but at least you were, like, 13. There were grown men, like, lusting over that. And she was, like, 16. It's like, yeah. Society, again, very right. weird. Very different. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, we're a different place in society these days. <laughs> yeah, Our society so. isn't perfect by any means, but we... No. we we're, we've made some progress in some areas. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um... But yeah, she's she's gonna be ready. Maria in this case, she's gonna be in the Braun Panties Gauntlet match. Uh, but then uh Gregory Helms butts in and cuts this terrible skit short, fortunately. Um, and he was you know, he's he's gonna face Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler on this night, and he said he's gonna send Jerry Lawler to the hospital. Uh I can tell you one thing Gregory Helms ain't beating Jerry Lawler. <laughs> <I can't laughs> say that right now. No. Like no offense to Gregory Helms it's just Jerry Lawler beats guys like Gregory Helms <laughs> You know, yeah. he may not beat The Miz when he's WWE champion but he beat Taz and he's going to beat Gregory Helms so we know that for damn sure but then Helms he's walking you know away from the promo area and he walks by Shelton Benjamin and his mom and Mama Benjamin
3: here, I, mean, I don't even know why he came I don't even have a match
0: that's the point you ain't been here since you were defending your intercontinental title that was last year. Now you ain't hmm. doing nothing. But don't you, you worry, worry, your mama's here, and everything's gonna change now. Have you eaten?
3: Yeah, yeah, I had a protein bottle. How did she not know this? They
6: drove there together. That ain't nothing!
0: <laughs> uh-uh, that's why you ain't been winning no matches right now, because you ain't eating right. Where's the food?
3: Catering's right down here.
0: Okay, now you go to your locker, and your mama gonna go get you something nice to eat. You know, I'm not really hungry. Who are you talking to? Yeah,
3: <laughs>
4: that's kind of <Yes>, funny. Ma'am. <laughs> Act like you know <laughs> All right, not gonna lie, that was pretty funny because that's <laughs> even fictional black moms are messing around. Who you talking to? <laughs> Who you think you're talking to? And you better be like, I ain't talking to you. I'm, I'm just look away because <laughs> something bad might happen to you. But of course, Mama Benjamin walking around in pretty much a nightgown or a moo or a house dress—I don't know—all the time because that's what old. <laughs> black women wear out in public like they don't dress up at all uh very trope vibes here and it's just a lot it's just a lot going on (laughs) all right um but joey styles by the way says shelton's mom is a very assertive woman (laughs) that's kind of funny um i'll have more on shelton benjamin's mom well i probably could say it now i guess i looked up a lot of stuff about shelton benjamin's mom and i guess i'll just get it in now while I'm thinking about it, uh, and while we, you know, first introduce her, uh, her name, by the way, she's an actress, right? Uh, her name is Thea Vidale. You're probably wondering who is Thea Vidale? Who, you know, who is this woman playing Shelton Benjamin's mom? Uh, <laughs> Thea Vidale was actually like a pretty big time comedian at one point uh, in her life. She's a standing comedian and actress. Uh, in the 90s, she got her own TV show called Thea in See, that 1993. Was the same, that was
6: the same woman, huh?
4: Yeah, same That's woman, crazy, Thea remember that show. because I remember
6: that show. I remember, seeing, I remember watching it here and there. I remember seeing commercials. Was it on UPN?
4: It might, I think, no, it was on ABC. Oh, okay. Maybe we got to UPN eventually. It, 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 all those like
6: stations kind of run together for me when I was growing up because I used to watch so yeah. many shows on all the networks. So.
4: Yeah. Thea Vidal had her show between 93 and 94. Uh she was at that point the first black female comedian to have a show, a TV show named after her. So that's pretty historic. Wow, that is. You know, and that's big time. It was on ABC. And the show starred Brandy in her first yeah. television role. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. So the you know, they didn't get just some ordinary woman to play Mama Benjamin. They got a pretty a pioneer in, for, for black women in comedy. Her first television, the first black female comedian to have a television show named after her. Uh, unfortunately, the show only lasted one season and 19 episodes. Uh, started off with big ratings, but they faded and ABC pulled the plug rather quickly. But she still did a lot of stand-up comedy and a whole lot of TV shows and movie. Uh, she's also apparently a big LGBTQ advocate. She appeared at the at an LGBTQ festival here in philly back in 99 and then the mayor at the time john street who has a terrible reputation as the mayor <laughs> a lot of controversies followed john street but he named the day of this festival he named it like thea vidale day wow in philly her it was her and her fellow comedian edda they both got like the day named after them so it's like damn she was like big time I don't know how she wound up in this role, <laughs> right? Which well, by- this is
6: interesting. I'm looking at her filmography on Wiki. Yeah, and she was on an episode of Sunday Night Heat in 1998. I do not as recall Mrs. That at all. Benjamin, but Shelton what? Benjamin wasn't even there, so it had to be. <laughs> it had to be. S- probably
4: why they brought her back. Oh
6: my god, that's they were like oh like the last name, so let's cu- give her a call. So I got to go back and watch this, see if the episode yeah. is on uh, you know, Peacock or something and watch this uh, episode. I got to figure out. what It doesn't say the date, though. So I'll have to do some digging and uh, see what exactly she was doing during this one episode. It says one episode of Sunday Night Heat in 1998. So I'll have to go back and see what the hell that was That's
4: about. That's wild. <laughs> and she was Mrs. Benjamin. Right. Yeah.
6: It says Mrs. Benjamin there. And then it has Mama Benjamin in 2006. For right. All. So different character. Like,
4: I was going to say, yeah. like, do they do they just like extrapolate her back to 98 with with the Benjamin name like, or is so... that a separate thing? Like and then the, who had the like who like who remembered that in WWE Does like right. her last name was yeah. Benjamin on Heat back in the day. We should bring her back as Mama right. Benjamin.
6: Right. Like who was Benjamin back then? Like I don't.
4: I don't know. I don't know where her. Because Shelton like, didn't debut until
6: 2003, so yeah, way later. Maybe, so, so
4: he's nowhere near the main roster at this point. Probably wasn't even signed by WWE in 98. Yeah. I don't think he was because you know, he, like you said, he didn't debut until like 0203. So he's probably signed in like 2000. So maybe 01 even. Like who knows? But uh, I just who who's the person who like made that connection. Right, <laughs> that's a deep. That's a deep cut. That we're, is. Talking, we're not talking about Raw or SmackDown. We're talking about <laughs> Sunday Night Heat <laughs> right. in '98, and I've never seen. I've and it didn't no recollection start it.
6: until like August of '98, so it was like the last half of that year. So
4: that's crazy. I yeah, I, hadn't, I had no clue. No, me neither. But, My goodness. Uh, you know, hey, Thea Fidel, here's some flowers. You know, you first black woman. Comedian to ever have a TV show named after her in history, that's a massive deal. I mean, you could say she blazed a trail for mm. other black women in, in comedy to follow. Like, it's pretty wild to think about. And here she is, like, again, I don't know how we got to this point where she's Mama Benjamin and she's pl- like kind of playing in the stereotypical black mom, even with the like the attire, which. That's, we don't need the attire. She she wears actual clothes, you know. But it's, it's very interesting how we got to this point. Uh, I will give her credit though. She is funny, as Mama Benjamin. Whether you think it was a good thing for Shelton or not, she played the role pretty well. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, like she was pretty fun- funny. She did her part. So I'm not gonna knock her at all. WWE's creative. You could knock that all day. She did her job, though. I'll give her the credit. Um, But move on from that. uh, We then get a look at Lita and Edge in the internet chat area.
6: (laughs) uh, A little foreshadow.
3: Here comes Edge along with Lita.
2: How about giving the WWE fans their access, okay? Look, we're just going to answer a couple questions just about Mm your match tonight with Flair. Flair, Flair, Flair. I don't care about Flair, okay? I'm done with that. I got bigger things on my mind. I don't know what you mean, but you just j- take j- care of this real Just, quick? just, I'm not in the mood for this, so you deal with this, okay? Okay,
3: okay, okay. I'll meet up with you, I'll, I'll take
4: care of this. So, hi. Please, hey, come have a seat if you don't mind. <laughs> so, I, I mean, look, I understand why WWE did it, because no one really still saw it coming, right? It is foreshadowing, which is a thing that, is done is a tactic that's done in, in entertainment you foreshadow things but also in hindsight wwe slightly kind of gave this away like right like where am i tripping
6: yeah because well so we hadn't seen a cash in yet so right i'm watching this as a fan i'm i don't i assuming that's he true. means the money in the bank but i'm not assuming he's gonna cash it in that night so right or I, after
4: a match has already happened right, right. like we so, don't know how the structure work like how people would, would utilize it yeah Exactly.
6: So I was just, oh, yeah, I didn't bad. really look that's into bad. it that much at that point. Cause at this point, I was like, oh, WWE doesn't do surprises anymore. Cause they were already in like, you know, a rut almost <laughs> compared to coming out of the attitude era in 2002, 2003. So I was just like, yeah. like kind of dragging. I mean, I appreciate looking back on this era now. Cause it's a lot better than what we have now. But uh, that, like, I was just kind of like, oh, we're never going to see a cash in. So, and we're definitely not going to see one on pay per view. So I was, I kind of like glossed over it a little bit.
4: Yeah, I, I, I understand that. That's fair because I know obviously I didn't watch the show live, but like I know like when the cashing happened, it was like whoa, he did what? Like it was surprising because yeah. he had it for so long, he almost forgot about it. <laughs> to A certain extent, it's like he still he still got this briefcase, and it was like nearly a year after he had won it that he's yeah. still walking around with it so yeah it's very uh very interesting uh but like i said in hindsight is i'll give him credit for it there's good foreshadowing in hindsight then you know
6: yeah i didn't i didn't even catch it till that
4: (laughs) understandable understandable moving on as you heard at the end of that last clip you heard jerry lawler's music begin which means it's time for jerry lawler to go against Gregory Helms, of course Shane Helms is Gregory Helms, but he changed <laughs> his name to Gregory Helms. He has to be more serious, and it was it's kind of kind of I don't want to say odd. It's just like oh, this is interesting. Where WWE is kind of really giving Gregory or Shane Helms Gregory Helms whatever whatever you want to call him, they were giving him like a serious push here. Mm-hmm. Like he stopped doing the hurricane gimmick. He cut his hair. He started wearing rocking shades, which means you're a villain if you wear sunglasses, especially indoors. Um, changes gear and. Eventually, he became the longest reigning cruiserweight champion in history. And, like, later this year into 07. And he was the longest reigning champion of any kind in SmackDown history. Of any kind. Uh, But here's the thing about the cruiserweight title. (laughs) On WWE.com, his title lineage traces back to WCW. Okay. According to ww.com the new Cruiserweight title that they just retired, that dates back to 2016. They don't include WCW at all in that. It's, again, splintered. You got two, the same name. It's the Cruiserweight Championship. Just throw them all together and make it easy. <laughs> yeah, like,
6: there's no need for that.
4: Right. No, this is a whole new lineage. Forget that lineage. <laughs> right? <laughs> Get that. And I guess maybe because they do that because this was an, technically by the end of this most recent time they, you know, retired the Cruiserweight Championship. That was technically an NXT Championship. It wasn't a WWE Championship anymore. Even though it started out as a WWE Championship. So,
5: mm-hmm.
4: there's that. But it's still crazy to me. That WWE has had two Cruiserweight Championships and retired them both. It's just so silly. It's like, y'all clearly don't have belief in this title, in this weight class or division. Stop it. (laughs) Let's not do it again. Okay? But 205 Live is still a thing. Yeah, without
6: anything to fight for.
4: For, It's literally for nothing. (laughs) It's just there. Do they even have people who have the weight limit anymore? Like, do they care about that still? Oh, geez. I
6: mean, you, I c- you can't change the title of the show, I guess.
4: <laughs> it's man, and it's, it's not is it live? I don't think he's even live. Who cares? It's no, just it's not. who cares? <laughs> um, at one point, you know, Helms gets Gregory Helms gets Jerry Lawler in a chin lock, and then coach asked how many chins was Gregory Helms grabbing because, in his according to Coach, Lawler had about three <laughs> chins, which is <laughs> kind of funny, kind of funny joke. He then oh. said Lawler had more chins than a Hong Kong phone oh, book. Oh, my God. Which is like, Jesus Christ, the racism on this show.
6: That was a joke that Lawler would have made if he was on commentary.
4: Oh, yeah, he would have relished in it, too. So maybe
6: he was trying to, like,
4: give it back to him a little bit it's still not good i though. guess <laughs> i guess it was really bad not good it was really bad but yeah the racism on the show is just wild i just don't understand it 2006 again a different time uh at one point helms took a break from beating up jerry Lawler to jump on commentary and he was you know doing commentary during his match i said he when he's done beating up jerry Lawler, he's going to take his job as well and do it better than him <laughs> and i wrote the Rock much better than Gregory Helms on commentary during the match. Like, <laughs> you know, The Rock was much better at it. Uh, but eventually, Lawler made a comeback and he won with a top with a fist, a punch from the top rope, five knuckle shuffle, like, pretty much from <laughs> the top rope, an road. avalanche, an avalanche five knuckle shuffle. Um, where they didn't use the power driver, I think maybe they had a band at this point. Yeah, couldn't use power driver. Yeah. Um. Coach said that, that they should send out the cardiac unit for Jared oh, Lawrence <laughs> It's funny. like, not yet. You're six years too yeah. early because he he would need it. You know, in 2012 when he had a heart attack at ringside. So maybe more foreshadowing from from Coach. <laughs> but moving on from that, we are now backstage in that internet chat room again with Mickey James. And Trish Stratus.
3: WWE.com instant access. Lita is done. And here comes the WWE Women's whoa, whoa, whoa. Champion, hey, Trish, facing off and, uh, with the former champion. Trish, come on Oh my God, Trish.
2: Trish, wow. Whoa. Did that ever hurt? <laughs> the chick <laughs> kick? Oh my God. I tried to do the mick kick, but it wasn't near as good as the chick the kick, kick, I have to say. But I just want to say that I hope my grandpappy got to see all of it because it was awesome. Awesome. Thank oh, you. You yeah, know, you just lost, right? Oh, I mean, of course. But wasn't it electric? I mean, like our hot, sweaty bodies, and then like the When oh our skin touched each other was like
5: so, what no. so,
4: like, the hell? satin.
2: I mean, it was
5: awesome.
4: This was not necessary, <laughs> bro. Yeah. uh...
5: Trish, yeah, have yeah. a seat. Have it's a seat. You want to answer some questions? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess you can sit here. I can.
0: And, I can leave. Uh, please, uh, he'll <laughs>
4: Oh, that was great. There's just way too many horny men in wrestling, apparently. <laughs> like why is everybody so damn horny horny all the time? I'm sure WWE thought that was so cool. It's like but it's not necessary. It's not. It's like her not stalking true. and being like obsessed with Trish is enough. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a sexual thing too. But, you know. WWE, She's man. androgynous.
6: Wait, wait, wait a second.
4: <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong yeah. character. Sorry. It, it doesn't have to be that way. That's just like it's like you have it all set up, and it's like, all right, now how can we make it? Like, how can we add more? It's like, wait, wait, we don't need. We're at capacity already. It's like we're, we're going to add more, and then they did. Uh, but we move on from that to another backstage segment with Mama <laughs> Benjamin, who we've we think we clarified that <laughs> her. Yeah. Uh, first appearance on WW television may not have been a, a, on a Sunday night heat in 1998. <laughs> we think that they might have gotten the dates mixed up cuz he started in 98 but she probably wasn't on TV in 98. Probably so. not. Yeah, so if 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 we're wrong, tell us but Yeah, give me the
6: date of wrong. the heat episode she was on if it was in 98 cuz uh it's probably 2006. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right, exactly. Uh but Mama Benjamin is strongly against wwe's catering and she suggests <laughs> in, in this place many many soul food items which although soul food delicious right yes grew up on soul food love it you know all that. you know no it's it, again it's i grew up on it amazing food but Probably wouldn't help Shelton Benjamin remain in peak physical condition. <laughs> like he probably shouldn't eaten collard greens and mac and cheese and and, and, ch- and fried chicken all the time. You know, like you know cornbread. Uh, you know, good. What like for me? I'm not in peak physical condition, so I love it. I'll eat it right now. But you think Shelton Benjamin looked like got to where he looked eating just so food? No, that's not what happened. <laughs> He had to eat a little cleaner than that. Uh but at one point she bends over and an old creepy visitor comes up from behind to hit on her and gyrate while he's behind her. She's bent over for a long time. I don't know what she's looking for. For that long. Under the table, by the way. Like you're not gonna find good food under there, it's on top of the table, generally. Like they couldn't just have her like drop
6: something so she went to like try and get it, but
4: But they had to <laughs> It had to be for a long period of time, so Viscera can come in, the lights can change in the room, and she doesn't the mood notice. lighting can hit, right, and then he can stand behind her, say some stuff, gyrate, and then the lights go off <laughs> again, right, and then she stands back up, sees Viscera behind her doing you know weird stuff, and she yells at him, rightfully so, and then she says, look, I'm Shelton Benjamin's mom. As if that's supposed to mean something. Like people are supposed to be like, oh no. And, it, right. and honestly it sounds like something my mom would do. Like she would be at something with the Eagles and something would happen like I I'm Vaughn Johnson's mom. Like, they're gonna be like, so? <laughs> like, get out. <laughs> like, and I'm gonna be like, Bye mom, I can't I can't come save you. <laughs> that's it. They kicked you out. You did something, that's your fault. I ain't coming to get you. I ain't coming to get you. It's fu- sidebar. An exact story like this, but she didn't throw my name out and be like, yeah, I'm <laughs> born, like, but literally, I, I lied to you now. And my my girl, she brings this up to this day because she's like, why didn't you take me? Took my mom to the Super Bowl, right? Because mm. me and my girl, we weren't that serious yet, you know, but you know, my mom's my mom. So my mom goes yeah. to the Super Bowl and for some reason she just like forgets time zones. She doesn't remember that Min- Minneapolis is an hour behind us. <laughs> So we got the whole itinerary for like when we we're supposed to you know, leave and it's supposed to be like 45 minutes after the trophy presentation and we're supposed to get on the bus to the airport, blah, blah, blah. She's looking at the time and like, we're going to miss this bus. It's coming up to halftime. I'm like, we're going to miss, she's like, we're going to miss the bus. I'm like, mom, they said 45 minutes after the Super Bowl, like, <laughs> like after the trophy presentation. So you're good. Like, don't go anywhere. It's like, I'm going to go try to make this bus. I ain't, I ain't <laughs> going to be stranded out here in Minneapolis. I'm like, mom, you leave the stadium. Uh you on your own. I'm not coming to get you. Like this is the Super Bowl. For one, it's the Super Bowl. For two, it's the most secure like sporting event I've ever seen in my life. Like you have to scan your ticket to get in four blocks away from the stadium. You, you if you leave, you're not getting back in. There's no re-entry. There's no way. There's military personnel outside. They you can't be messing up out here. I'm not like you mess around cut somebody out the wrong person out, you're going to jail. <laughs> like and You want to go to the Minneapolis jail? I don't think so. So, and it's freezing cold out there too. It was like below zero. It's like I'm not coming with you. I told her this. I'm like, you, you leave. That's it. I hope you can find your way to a one place. She didn't leave. So, she opted against it. Eventually, I had to talk her out of it. I was like, this is silly. This is really silly. (laughs) All right. This is really really silly. Um. But that's just a little sidebar. But. Uh, she, she eventually, Mama Benjamin storms off, promising that Viscera would get it is like, I just want some action. She's like, Oh, oh, okay, you go get some action. And I'm like, oh, I have a feeling that you know this is going to end up, you know, in the in with Shelton Benjamin getting a match that he does not want. Yeah, <laughs> I have against Vissera. as well. <laughs> right, he did not ask for this, but Mama Benjamin's is going to get it. All right, and then we move on to the next match, which is. Triple H versus the Big Show. And I wrote, who the hell wanted to see this?
6: (laughs) 16 minutes, 11 seconds, the second longest match of the night.
4: Of course. I'm sure that's not surprising. Of course. Because it's a Triple H match. It's got to be long. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I thought you would like that. Yeah. The whole point of this is that Triple H, well, Triple H is out there. He had beat up Ric Flair, and Big Show didn't like it. Yeah. So... Big Show threatened Triple H. Triple H is like, oh yeah? And broke Big Show's hand with a sledgehammer. <laughs> but in, it inadvertently gave him another weapon in the form uh-huh. of a massive cast. <laughs> and that's like the whole point of the story, is that Big Show's already dangerous, but how much more dangerous can he be with this massive club on his hand in the form of a cast that's indestructible, <laughs> right? <laughs> Until this match, <laughs> Right. Uh, of course, Big Show was one half of the World Tag Team Champions alongside Kane. Uh, that lineage does not exist today as well. Just if you're <laughs> keeping track, that world ta- that world tag team title lineage. Uh, and the announcer said during the entrance that during Triple H's entrance that he may not have a hundred percent focus on this match because there was a big announcement earlier that day on WWE.com. And if you watch this, you're like, "Well, what could that announcement have been?" Well. The announcement was that he and Stephanie McMahon were expecting their first child. Oh, Stephanie McMahon was pregnant with their first child, uh, Aurora, who eventually she was born in July 2006, uh, Aurora Ro- Rose Levesque. Levesque. So, <laughs> she's like, that means now she's going to be like 16 this year. And like We're old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we are. We yeah. are old. She is a teenager now. But back in 2006, she wasn't even born yet she just <laughs> announced that she was pregnant and we were like 15 16 years old i mean at least i was like 16 17 years old at that point already so yes we're old and washed
6: i would be 21 this year later this year so
4: look at that how about that? oh that's us <laughs> <laughs> that is us old people <laughs> oh pro bowl kyle's you check a 14 yard touchdown how about that just just if you're keeping track here, just so you know. I'm absolutely not, but
6: I know you, <laughs> I know you have to, so.
4: Yeah, uh, hopefully Slade can catch a touchdown or something like that, and, you know, <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, but back to Triple H and Big Show. Uh, Triple H tries to take off Big Show, Big Show's cast, and he eventually succeeds. Yeah. So it's like this like whole an story, indestructible
6: cast that only Triple H can take off.
4: <laughs> right, this whole story is built up around this cast, and it immediately comes off. It's like oh so that was for nothing.
6: <laughs> a cerebral assassin, which by the way uh, right. Triple H was clearly not on uh,
4: on anything here. <laughs> I don't, any. Oh, he no, was not
6: no. a great. He, he was not in peak physical condition.
4: <laughs> oh yeah. well, look, I ain't, I ain't, don't judge. He was. This was a time period where he wasn't like exactly right. ripped right. to shreds. Right.
6: That's why he had the Harley race stash so that he could, uh that could take the attention off his body. <laughs>
4: I guess, I guess this is definitely like Triple H with the with the weird facial hair and like you said, it wasn't ripped to the gills like we've seen in prior years or even years since this. Yeah, um, but yeah, there we go. Something uh, I
6: noticed. That's all. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. You, yeah, you said it. <laughs> uh, I will give this match credit for one thing, and that's Big Show did a very good job of selling because you know obviously when Triple H gets to cast off his hand, he attacks the hand. Mm-hmm. And Big Show is like on the verge of tears because it's so painful, right? Yeah, and he does uh, a lot with that hand. Yeah, like that's, his, that's his choke slamming hand. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> right? too, that too, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that's the hand he goes, yeah! When he does the <laughs> yeah! <laughs> well, what did The Rock say? Yeah, yeah!
5: <laughs>
6: I really should get all those sound clips of The Rock uh make fun of the wrestlers. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> what do you cool. say about Steve Austin? I'm a, my name is <laughs> Stone Cold. Get my pickup truck. Listen to some Backstreet Boys. <laughs>
6: you can make fun of me all you want, but once you go to the Backstreet Boys, that's it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, but yeah, back, Big Show though. Selling the hand, I, I wrote like selling is a key piece of a mm. big man's arsenal. Yep, like it's very important because they don't sell very often because you know they're huge. Uh, but when they do, we have to believe it. And obviously, the prime example of that is Brock Lesnar, who is tremendous, yeah. and it makes his matches like he can suplex people, you know, six times in a row. But when they get a little bit of offense on him, and he sells it, it's like, oh, oh, he's right. trouble. He's in yeah. trouble. He's he's staggering. Oh man, he's on the ropes, and it just makes the match that much better. And even though you you know he's probably going to win in the end, but for that time period that he's selling is like okay well we got something here okay yeah. and he's so convincing that he's in trouble that like it just makes the matches better uh at one point though big show mistakenly knocks down the referee i think he just swiped him with his hand <laughs> uh and that's when triple h retrieves his sledgehammer but then big show breaks it in half with his bad hand he's like you just you have two hands <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right use yeah. the other hand uh, triple h eventually used it anyway because it still has a hammer on the end <laughs> um <laughs> breaking half to not do that much damage uh and then he hit tri- hit big show with the pedigree to pick up the win uh I wrote the this match with a big bowl of okay uh like i said it was alphabet soup the only letters that would be in it would be o and k and uh it was a good story but it was it was just fine it was, you know it was, it was there I guess it was a, a way to get triple h uh, a win because he's you know he's Eventually, going to main event WrestleMania uh, against John Cena. So, if that's if they know that plan right now, they're not going to have Triple H lose. So, I guess it's to build up his credibility for Cena. Even though by this point, Triple H is a ten time world champion, <laughs> I don't know how much credibility he needs. But like, you know, I guess he could beat the Big Show. Whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, but moving on from that. We're now backstage with Chris Masters and Carlito, who are... Hey,
1: Chris. Hold on, hold on. Two more.
6: I like this, by the way. Two more. Uh, Uh, You get bigger and bigger. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Hmm. let me ask you a question.
1: (laughs) What do Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Kane, and Cena all have in common? I got it.
2: Not one of those guys has broken my master lock. <laughs> yeah.
6: He's correct.
1: No. no. They've all been <laughs> WWE champion.
2: So, what's your point, Carlito,
1: huh? My point is the two of us, we're on the same boat. We've never been WWE champion. And no one gives us a shot in hell at winning it tonight. And that. One of me. That's not cool.
2: You come in here, you interrupt my workout. You got got some kind of plan?
1: Look. (laughs) This chamber is every man for himself. But it doesn't have to be. The two of us, if we work together as a unit, we can take out Kurt Angle. We can take out Kane, Shawn Michaels, and Cena. And then, it'll be down to the two of us. And finally, some new blood will be wearing WWE Championship gold. Makes, makes sense. sense. What do you
2: say? I... You know something, Carlito? That sounds cool. Cool. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Get it?
4: I got it. So that I mean, it plan makes sounds sense. Like a sounds like a great plan that's going to fail and backfire <laughs> at the end of the day. But it uh, makes sense. Stupid. That's all I um, care about in
6: wrestling. Hey, that's they, true, though. Those are the only two, those are like the outliers in this match, and they want to, you know, team up to right. create something different. Like, I get it. And it's good storytelling, even though it's simple. And it's like, okay, we know it's not going to happen, but at least they covered their bases,
4: you know? Right. I just like how Chris Mass is like, ah, ah, two more. Wait, ah, 1001, 1002. It's like that scene in, uh, uh, it was an man when he's like, yeah. he, uh, asked for, uh, the woman, that, I forget the, man, I can't remember her name now off the top of my head. Uh, I know it's Christina Applegate plays a character, plays right, a yeah. character. I can't remember the character's name, but she kind of, he's like, can you, meet, can you meet me in my office? He's got his shirt off, pumping iron, 999, <laughs> 1000. <000. laughs> this workout, you know, and the muscles over here and all that. <laughs> So it's a little deep burn. Ah, deep burn. But, you know, Chris Matches looks like he actually, you know, worked out legit. So yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's faking it. Um, <laughs> uh, but moving on, we got Jerry Lawler who rejoined Styles and coach at ringside on commentary. And then we get Mama Benjamin and Shelton Benjamin who are in the ring to call out Viscera.
3: Viscera! No man... Talk to my mother the way you did. <laughs> I want you to come out here and give my mom a public
0: apology.
4: That's all she had. Don't need run it. No, apology.
0: <laughs> no man disrespect a Benjamin woman. I came too far and so did he. All the way from Orangeburg, South Carolina. Yep. We don't take no ass whoopings. We disperse them. <laughs> <laughs> we don't Viscera! take no ass whooping. Well, I said,
4: said Visceral! Shelton's like, wait, what? what?
0: Watch your ass in this ring now! My boy's gonna kick it! Yes, you are! Yes, <laughs> yes, you are! I don't think Shelton wants any part of
5: this, but.
4: <laughs> we don't take no ass whooping. We disperse them! Orangeville, <laughs> South Carolina. Look, I loved it personally. She's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It's stupid for Shelton Benjamin or pretty much anybody, but because like if if you have to do this, you have to resort to this for Shelton Benjamin, one of the best athletes has ever been in a wrestling win wrestling ring. You're you're in bad shape as (laughs) creatively, okay. If you can't get a better idea for somebody like Shelton Benjamin, you are bad at your job. Period. Yeah. <laughs> With that said, she's hysterical. <laughs> right? We don't take no ass whoopings. <laughs> and Shelton is like, wait, well, I just wanted the apology. I did not want to fight. We could do this amicably. Wait a and second. <laughs> we could we could still do this amicably and go in our separate directions. <laughs> All right, you leave him alone, he leaves you alone. We're all good. He let bygones be bygones. And she like, Nope, I want your ass now. <laughs> <laughs> My son's gonna kick it. <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty funny. So, after that, that means we get Viscera and we get Shelton Benjamin versus Viscera. And I wrote, This is why WWE doesn't do brand exclusive pay per views anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not a pay per view match. I'm sorry, no. It's just this is something that started in catering. It went, <laughs> it went
6: longer than uh, Trish Stratus versus Vicki James. Thirty it seconds longer. Have.
4: It shouldn't. Have. It should have been like two minutes. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened on the show. That's <laughs> True. But it's on the show. And at one point, <laughs> Mama Benjamin is yelling at Viscera throughout the match at ringside, and at one point she goes, "You overblown ox." <laughs> 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 She is hilarious. Like to her credit, she is hysterical. Get Whatever clips she got of her play on because they're all funny. <laughs>
6: I have those too, but just those. Yeah, over
4: my favorite those. You're overblown yeah, overblown ox. <laughs> 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 what then what this an insult! Is... That's great. Then the match gets weird because, <laughs> yeah. as you put out on Twitter, so for everybody to see, Viscera dry humps Shelton Benjamin against his will. <laughs> in the middle of the ring in front of thousands of people. Dry yeah. I humped yeah.
6: his man. The same ring that Ric Flair. At oh, look at be... that. <laughs> I was going to say the same right. ring that Ric Flair won the WWF title. Uh, what, 12 years prior to this? Was it 12 Yeah,
4: in the same yeah. building.
6: Uh, 14, 14 years prior to this. Yeah. So, and then we get that.
4: <laughs> somehow, Shelton overcame that trauma to somehow win the match, even though it came with a little help from his mom and her presumably loaded purse. We'd find out later on that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Shelton won, and he's back to his winning ways. Thanks to Mama Benjamin. Is. So, by hook or by crook, he's in the win column. So, but we're backstage again with Shawn Michaels as he's putting on his gear, getting ready for the elimination chamber.
1: How you doing? <laughs> I mean, I I just wanted to drop in and wish you good luck. I mean, good luck. Thanks. And, um... I kind of have a feeling, Sean, that you're going to need a lot of luck tonight. Uh, no. I'd like to remind you that no one has ever entered the Elimination Chamber as the first entrant and become champion and actually won the match. But I just thought I'd combine, say good luck, kid. Okay, I appreciate that. And, you know, I've been giving that some thought. But then it occurred to me, you know,
2: before HBK, no one had ever entered the Royal Rumble, number Ooh. one, oh. and go on to win. Yep. Limited. and no Point one H-B-K. before H-B-K, H-B-K, HBK had gone to WrestleMania and competed in the first ever ladder match. But, mm. but I did. Well, well that was the first ever ladder,
4: ladder match. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ladder match, the first one at WrestleMania. But uh,
1: I did. So who knows? There's a first time. For everything. No. When I'm involved. <clears throat> <laughs> That's uh, sorry, up. I, I really don't mean to laugh. Okay, <laughs> I, and I know it's kind of rude to do that. But um, <laughs> you, you, you winning this elimination chamber match for the championship, and and, and like being the first guy in, and, and still winning—it's like a, Wow. Yeah. That's the first. It's the first time for for everything. It's it's kind of like. If you do that tonight, it'll be the first time that hell will
4: freeze over. (laughs) Foreshadowing? Foreshadowing? Hmm. Maybe? Hell will freeze over.
6: I don't know. What did he he wound up. uh, What did he do at WrestleMania that
4: year? So. This is the beginning of this right? feud. They, yeah, that's yeah, right. They actually had a match. It was actually a pretty entertaining match at WrestleMania. It was, yeah. a, it was, a hard, it was like a no disqualification match. And at one point, Shawn is at the top of the ladder. We put the trash can around over Vince's head. I think he put it over. Or maybe it was through a table, something like that. Yeah, when he timed the top it. of the ladder. He did the suck it thing, which is like, everybody's like, oh, right. okay. That's a, that's a little bit of foreshadowing as well. And then he dove off the table with the uh, off the ladder and dropped the elbow through the table, maybe with the trash can over his head too. It was yeah, all kinds of. Stuff his body him.
6: was in it, yeah,
4: top body, so, top
6: tor- torso o- above,
4: <laughs> right? Uh, and so that was a pretty entertaining match, but then they also got in the handicap match with with Vince McMahon went up against Shawn Michaels and God, um, was it is, uh, Vince
6: and Shane? It was supposed to be like a tag team match.
4: Was it a tag team match? Oh, it was a handicap match.
6: And it, well, it eventually was because it was Vincent Chain versus Shawn Michaels.
4: Well, yeah, obviously and,
6: God didn't God show up. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> right. God wasn't there, or so, uh, maybe he was. What they did have like, the beam was. of light yeah. that represented God, yeah. right? He got had, had an entrance and everything. Yeah. How stupid is that, bro?
6: So Shawn went for the tag, that? and he he pulled a Sid Justice and just left him like he left Hulk Hogan.
4: Oh man! <laughs> Walk to the back. Sean Michaels turned his life over to God and couldn't show up for him. <laughs> Backlash in two thousand six. What a shame! <laughs> what a shame. Uh, but yeah, you heard the exchange there is that you know Shawn Michaels was going to be the first one in to the Elimination Chamber, and no one had ever been the first entrant and won. Uh, And that wouldn't happen again on this night. (laughs) Shawn Michaels did not win. Uh, But the first person to technically win as the very first entrant in the Elimination Chamber was The Undertaker in 2008.
5: Uh,
4: The last person to do it uh, was CM Punk in 2012. Now, (laughs) the thing is, just like the Royal Rumble, the second entrant is essentially the same as the first. So, they started at the same time, and that's what happened a couple times as well. Cena, on this night, was the second person in, so he won. Spoiler. <laughs> he was the first person to go the distance. Uh, but Edge, in 2011, also was the second person in the match, and he won. So there's that. Next on the card, though, is a bra and panties. Gauntlet match. Mr.
3: McMahon, once again, the innovator in sports entertainment has made history.
4: My God. (laughs) I legit thought about fast-forwarding through all of this.
6: Yeah, me too. Me too, but then I saw that it was 11 minutes and one second, so I was like, ah, it's too long for me to just,
4: yeah. I legit thought about it. I was like, man, this is so bad. Mm. I'm glad I was just alone in a room. Nobody saw me watching this. (laughs) It would have been embarrassing. Uh, this is for anybody else, that's to see. why because it would have been a better thing. Just uh, so we're but, clear, yeah, yeah, <laughs> 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 that's the only reason. Um, Maria and Candice Michelle started off. Maria beats Candice Michelle. Then out came Tori Wilson. And of course, you got to win by tearing the other person's clothes off. You know, Oh brown panties. Um, out comes Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson tries to slap the ref around. Uh, she's <laughs> yeah. distracted by that, but that opened the door for Maria to tear her clothes off and advance to face Victoria. And Victoria's shirt said, Let let's get this over with, which is probably <laughs> legit how she felt. And she just probably, wore it out of protest yeah. of the nonsense that was going on in this match. Probably a lot of them. On. I would say Victoria isn't a she's a legit wrestler. She's not a yeah. like just a bikini model. Like she's an attractive woman, obviously, but she can do more than just be attractive <laughs> and here mm. she is in the Brown Panties Gauntlet match. Uh, Victoria beat Maria, which is like, okay, damn. that's Okay, that makes sense. Then out came Mae Young alongside Fabulous Moolah, who we talked about a lot earlier, obviously. Uh, Mae Young, bless her heart. She was 76 years old at the time of this match. Whew. And to date has a much better reputation than Fabulous Moolah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why no one complained about the Mae Young classic, No, which was also cool. Gave a lot of women a platform to perform... On the big stage in WWE, open and it got a lot of them jobs too. Yeah, uh, me and Yim came from that. There's many more came from, you know, uh, the main Young Classic. That's just one thing off the top of my head, but, uh, so yeah, Bay Young No gets in the ring, and he immediately take, starts taking off her clothes without provocation. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole point of the match is to keep the clothes on, she takes them off, and th- <laughs> I did think it was funny that. She took off her shirt and just threw it at the ref. And the ref goes, oh, what? <laughs> that was kind of funny. Uh, then while she's, like, doing her thing, WWE just cuts to a whole bunch of crowd shots of people being super disgusted, which is like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> okay, I get it. But, like, wow. Reality hit uh, you hard, bro. It did. It did. Victoria tried to get the drop on uh, Mae Young. Uh, but Moolah helped her out. And then they, she held her up by, while May Young tore Victoria's top off. And then they just left. Was like, man, <laughs> they weren't part of the match. <laughs> yeah, this
6: tour, I think, uh, part of the bra off as well, accidentally. So uh, Victoria had had to fix that while the next uh, person came out.
4: <laughs> yeah. So it was just—it was just like, how can we get May on the show? Like, that's right. Pretty yeah. Much. yeah. We got woman we well, taking her clothes off. Let's get May Young. <laughs> like, okay, and this is six
6: years after the 2000 Rumble, where oh, they boy. were doing the uh, you know the bikini contest, where Mae Young was out there with Mark Henry, so trying to get naked or did get naked. So it was, yeah. Uh,
4: yeah, We're six years
6: later, still doing this stuff.
4: Still doing it, man. Still doing it
6: in a whole and other af- era, and still doing this
4: stuff. Yeah. Uh, after Moolah and Mae Young leave. Out came Ashley Mazzaro, yeah. who WWE had big plans for. Like, they put her in major spots at one point. Uh, and it's a shame that she took her own life in 2019, just 10 days sh- uh, shy of her 40th birthday. Um, so rest in peace to Ashley Mazzaro. Uh, but she came out and pretty much won the match right away. Took off Victoria's pants, won the gauntlet, and that was it. So that was it. And then although she won and you know, technically got to keep her clothes on, she still took them off because... That's what the fans want. they was like, that's right. That's what the. That's why she won the Diva Surge, because she knows what the fans want. It's like, all right.
3: Mr. McMahon once again, the innovator in sports entertainment, has made history.
4: <laughs> there you go. How many
6: Like, what a sellout, Joey.
4: <laughs> there you go.
6: Always talking this smack on Vince, and now you're commentating for him, and then.
3: Mr. McMahon once again, the innovator in sports entertainment, has made history.
4: There you Mm-mm-mm. go. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah.
6: Waller uh, had a funny quip about uh, Mae Young's bra. He said Betsy Ross made it. That made me laugh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That uh, made me laugh. That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, i put the only redeeming thing about this match was that Coach called it strange. I, like, I, I agree <laughs> yeah. with Coach. He called it strange. Smart man. Um, yeah. We move on from that, though. We're back in the internet room. Will Shelton and Mama Benjamin. Certainly will, no doubt
3: about that. Oh, look at this. I won. That's what I'm talking about tonight. My hand raised. talking yeah, about yeah. Sh- Shelton, you did win, which is why you're in here. We're going to ask you some questions and put them online. <laughs> question? Hell yeah. I'll answer any question they want. <laughs> right. Watch your mouth, boy. <laughs> we don't talk like that. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mama. I'm just I'm so excited. <laughs> did you see that that tonight? Yes.
0: Not only did I beat Big Vist, when he went down so mm-hmm. ton of bricks. <laughs> yes, Lord, he turned a He did. Yeah.
4: It's funny and, you say is is you mentioned bricks. Benjamin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now you give your mama a great big old victory, huh? Oh yeah, I told you, you were gonna win, didn't I? Thanks to your mom coming home. You gonna always win. Just a good one.
4: You gotta love he's looking at
6: quickly. the you know brick kind of like what like confused right.
4: so like you know what happened man <laughs> I, I just the, the immediate slap from yeah. the mom, like without question like as soon as he said it yeah, yeah hell yeah bam <laughs> watch him out boy <laughs> you're right you're right i watch my mouth <laughs> yeah. like, like, like i said despite the fact it's, it's ridiculous and it shouldn't happen for somebody as talented as Shelton Benjamin, is still, for what it is, it's pretty funny. In a vacuum, it's pretty entertaining. I'll give it that much. (laughs) So, that's it though. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. As you heard, at the end of that clip, there was some cage-lowering music, which could only mean one thing. It is now time for the Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship. It is John Cena defending against Shawn michaels carlito chris masters kane and kurt angle so pretty uh big crew of people there uh but i got some elimination chamber trivia oh man
6: i love trivia
4: all right elimination chamber trivia who have who's won the most elimination chambers Oh great!
6: I, see, I hate this because uh, elimination chamber is not Ch- my—it's not right up—it's not up my alley, though. But so. you
4: love—you literally just said you love trivia. I love trivia in the general sense, but you just go right around and go, "I hate this." <laughs> like what, you Bobby Heenan now. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: who won the most elimination chamber matches? Jeez, uh, how many have there been? It's been a lot. Uh, was it somebody that was in this match? Uh, no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, answer, if I I'll say answer, Triple H. Won't be,
4: you're correct. I am going to say the yeah. answer really isn't that surprising. He, he's yeah. won four times. Jeez. So The fact that he's been uh, in Brian like, Danielson, so like, many. John, right. It's annoying. <laughs> Brian Danielson and John Cena are both tied with three.
6: Brian uh, Danielson's second. won three? Well, I would have never guessed that.
4: I was stunned when wow. I heard that. But you think about it. He won twice as a heel champion. Yeah, he won in 2011 when Santino. Everybody thought Santino was going gotcha. to win. Gotcha. Yeah. And he won there, and then he also won in 2019. Yeah, the, the last one guessed, I would have guessed.
6: I would have never guessed the 2011 that he would be that it was an elimination right. chamber. Wow.
4: But but that's the one that, every, that Ali. I think Ali was supposed to be in that match, and Kofi was got inserted into it. Yes. And Kofi almost won.
6: Yeah.
4: So that's what Kofi Mania kind of started. I don't yep. remember the third one though, that he would have won. Uh, I guess it would have been, you know, some point between 2011 and 2019. but I yeah, wonder if that would
6: be uh, to head to WrestleMania in 2014, maybe.
4: Uh, no, he were able to win that, maybe. No, because I, I think he just – remember, he occupied Raw to get that right. match. I
6: feel like maybe he would won, and then they tried, they keep putting these obstacles in front of him. That's why I was right. – that maybe, would be my guess. Right. I don't know.
4: I don't remember. but I, Like I said, I don't remember what happened as far as his third win, but definitely remember those two in particular. Uh, another question: Who has had the most appearances in the Elimination Chamber? Uh, Kane. Good guess, but wrong. Hmm. Uh, Ch- 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 Shawn Michaels. Another good guess, but also incorrect. <laughs> Triple H. Another good guess, but also incorrect. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
6: uh, Undertaker. Nope. Oh, Jeff Hardy. Nope. Well oh, well then I don't know.
4: John Cena. He's uh. been in seven. Elimination Chambers. Wow. Now, here, here's a here's a good question. Who has had the most eliminations in the Elimination Chamber? Like, all time. Not like in one match, but overall. John Cena. Another good guess, but oh incorrect. My God. See, uh, this, is,
6: this is why I hate it, because... I, re- I would remember everything from, like, the 90s, but then we get to Elimination Chamber era, and I'm like, ooh. Right.
4: That's because there's been 30 of them in uh, there, it seems like. It is a yeah. scene that feels that way out. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the case,
6: but. Uh, Shawn Michaels?
4: Nope. Triple H? <laughs> nope. All good guesses, but all incorrect. <laughs> Batista? Nope.
6: Uh, go ahead. Hit me with it.
4: Chris Jericho with oh 10. Oh, my God. 10. This is the first time we've covered it oh in a little, we, Go ahead.
6: Daniel Bryan just won it last year.
4: He Didn't did. He? <laughs> I <forgot> about <laughs> that. <laughs> right? He wanted to get that title shot, right? Yeah. I guess. But his night right?
6: isn't over yet. So you had to win that, and then I guess that's it.
4: Oh, he had to win that to get the title match against and Roman And it was Green.
6: that night. Yeah, Roman came right out. And there you
4: go. Yeah, that's what it was. Gotcha. There you go. Gotcha. I
6: remember that. Wow. Yeah. I, see, that's why the product is so bad. Like, there's so, there's good things about it. I like the Roman stuff regardless. Uh, it's
4: Right.
6: WWE has to have, like, at least one thing that gets your attention to keep you watching, and that's me, and that would be the Roman stuff. Uh, I mean, Brock coming back's good. Like, I like him, but... There's very few things that get my attention that I will pay attention to on a week-to-week basis. That's one of them. But I can't believe I forgot that <laughs> Danny Bryan won it last
4: year. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I was wow. like, hey, I don't remember. Between 2011 and 2010, I don't have a clue. I was like, oh, yeah, there's one last year. <laughs>
6: like, I literally made up a whole scenario that he won to go to WrestleMania 30. Like, I tell, <laughs> right. like uh, that's WWE brain right there. So
4: Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about that as well. Um, <laughs> but... Again, this is our very first elimination chamber deep dive. Uh so let's talk about this match itself, like the structure, the element of danger, like what do you what kind of what do you think about what you think about the elimination chamber as a match?
6: I mean, like it's I always like the new concepts to see how they you know withstand the test of time, I guess. So when the elimination chamber came out in 02, uh, i was i was like not totally into wrestling at that point i was i was losing like it was my senior year of high school uh, the first elimination chamber match at survivor series in 02 so i was like uh, they're, like they're trying too much it was after the whole wcw uh, invasion thing so there was no competition so i wasn't as into it i was still watching on a week-to-week basis uh or maybe like every other week but I wasn't into it, so when they first introduced this match, I was like, oh, this is stupid, like another <laughs> type thing. I was just, I would think, like, War Games is better, you know, like, uh, Hell of a Cell is better, like, who cares about these new concepts that are just whatever, but then you have, like, the pods on each side and two starting outs, and you cap the match at six competitors, like, that's I guess better than you know, what it could be given WWE's track record of overbooking stuff. So I was like, oh, maybe it's a good type of thing. Like, the Money in the Bank match used to have, like, eight guys total. I don't know. I mean, they kind of switch it
4: every year, so. Uh, yeah, there's no, no consistency with how yeah, many people Yeah, so I'm did. like,
6: okay, you can cap it and you can have a good build to it. Uh, so, I mean, like, Shawn Michaels went in the first one. I was like, that's lame. Like, I was like, oh, they're only doing, like, I was more for the newer guys in 0-2 and the fact that Brock was coming up and, I I remember being like really negative in in that time period where it was like Brock's coming up and then he won the title in like a couple months. And I'm like, that's stupid. Like what? You're not really building this guy is like a superstar. He's just going to like fizzle out. (laughs) Look at me. I obviously Uh, call that wrong, but uh, him beating the rock. I was like, really? Like, how's that believable? Like, you're just, you're trying to force this guy down our throat type of thing. And then you fast forward a a few months, you have Shawn Michaels win the other world title. And I'm like, what? like what is going on here on that same night you have big show beat brock after paul heyman turns on him and i'm just like what is going on here like i just didn't like a lot of the stuff that was going on at that point so it pushed me like further away from it and i really wrestlemania pulled me back in a little bit with brock and angle uh but it was the end of my senior year i was on my you know uh, senior trip to disney world like i was having like you know a time of my life at that point and i was just like uh like this stuff so i was this was like, I think 05 was the second one, right? So New Year's Revolution uh, in 05. Yeah, the uh, with second. With Bischoff, I mean, like, they, set that up.
4: Well, no, I think they had it at, no, they had it at uh, SummerSlam in 03. Oh, that's right. I, I don't know see, I totally forgot 04. about that. I don't um, know if they had it in 04 at all. They might have. They might not have. But they definitely had it in 03 at SummerSlam. you right. Goldberg and that was, the end yeah. with Triple H. And then they had it, I guess, I think at New Year's Revolution yeah. in 05. Yeah. So this might have been like the fourth
6: one. Yeah. And the whole Goldberg thing, like you should have crowned him that night because the crowd was so hot for it. Then you have Triple H come in who has an injury and just pins him in like 10 seconds. But yeah, yeah. because of the sledgehammer. And then the 05 one I really loved because Batista was like doing Triple H's bidding. And you could see like the way they tell that story. Triple H was actually, you know, like about to turn on him, but then decided not to type of thing. And that was like interesting to me. So like this one. Uh, just the, in, in I don't want to like get too broad but like the chamber match is become like it should be a vehicle to tell like multiple stories and it's not always like that uh, but I think they they try to do a good job at it at least and the structure has changed you know since yeah. this time where i I kind of like the circular pattern with the steel and everything I know it's tough on their bodies but like it makes you appreciate kind of like the, the,
4: uh, uh what's the word? Uh, not... maybe the, the level, the, 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 danger factor. Yeah. I like, guess. uh, the element of danger. Yeah. Kind of. Exactly.
6: You know, like that you appreciate. And then now, like, everything's padded, which is good for them, obviously, which I would prefer, you know, safety over everything. Yeah. But, uh, and
4: they have, it's more. Right, it's more square and there's more yes. room at the top, so like they yeah. can get on top of the pods, and right? Stuff like exactly. That with this dude. Dude, yeah, exactly. Which, which the roof was probably lower. would have helped Rob Van Dam <laughs> the first yeah. run, uh, not and land on Triple H's on... throat. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
6: <laughs> so, I mean, the evolution of the chamber itself—I uh, don't know—it's kind of cool. Like it, I, its not a match that I look forward to every year that when they have it. Like I'm not. It's not like the Rumble for me. It's not even like Money in the Bank for me, but. You know, if, if they yeah. can tell stories and it's always after the fact, like I've, I rarely look forward to going into it because we're going to see like one on one matches between all six competitors leading up to it, oh, probably yeah, yeah, this yeah. week on Raw or whatever. Yep. It's like, I'm just, it doesn't, it doesn't make like entertain me any more than it, is, well. than it does. Like maybe after the match, if people are like, oh, that match is great, I'll, I'll probably look at it differently. But, it's definitely not a rumble. Definitely not a money in the bank. It's just kind of there for me. Like, well, wh- I don't right. know why they need it every single year, um, but it is what it is.
4: Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like it's, it, it started out with as ultra dangerous match. Right. And now it's like, of the theme shows that they have, this is probably the least of them. The elimination chamber. But I think part of it is where it's place. Like it's, Always after the Royal Rumble and before WrestleMania. I think it hurts its impact because you you know it's gonna right. it's really just a prelude to WrestleMania. Cause mm-hmm. it's so close. Mm-hmm. Like I saw Elimination Chamber in person in 2020 before the pandemic, obviously, or at least before okay. the pandemic shut everything down. I don't even remember that show. <laughs> like it was not like a super memorable show that I was like, yo, that was crazy. Like I remember you it, were, you weren't even you weren't like that excited to go to it. You're like, well, at no. least I'll
6: see the chamber, but that's really it. You know,
4: All right? It was really just so I could take Gabby, so she can see uh a pay per view. Because right. I took her to SmackDown like November of 2019, and she's like, "Oh man, I got, we got to come back. When they come back, we got to take me." And I was like, "All right, I, you know, we'll go." And you know, we went. So, uh, but it wasn't like like you said, it wasn't like something that was like super memorable. She enjoyed it, but like, it wasn't like super memorable. And from the looks of it, they didn't even have a singles men elimination chamber they had a tag team and they had a women's one yeah so you know there's that it's not not to say they they should have it every year it's just i was just kind of surprised when i was looking at the uh list of matches here uh by the way 06 is the is the fourth elimination chamber they did not have one in 04 it goes 02 03 05 and then 06 Hmm. um but yeah it's just it's still a bit of a spectacle even though it's not as dangerous and as, you know, the uniqueness is worn off, mm-hmm. but it's still a bit of a spectacle because you see this massive structure, and it's like, oh, what the hell is that? Uh, but, you know, and obviously they've changed it because, you know, like you said, it's safer now and it, it's bigger, and they, I think they made it more camera-friendly as well. Yeah. Like, they got, like, the clear, like, spaces above the pod so the cameras can shoot mm-hmm. in and you can get good, better views. So it's more camera-friendly, more TV-friendly, and more uh, wrestler-friendly as well. But yeah, it's just, I think it's it's like all the other things they do kind of outside of maybe outside of the World Rumble and Money in the Bank, which I guess those two just have such an impact because it's a title shot at WrestleMania or it's a title shot whenever you want that people just accept that when it comes around, you're excited for it. But like when you have this match every year at the same time and we know it and it's just, that's <laughs> just, it just happens just because the calendar is February. Right. It lessens the impact. Same thing has happened with Hell in a Cell where this is supposed to be where <laughs> blood feuds happen and, and grudges are settled it's only happening because the pay-per-view is coming up and just, it just lessens the impact. Um, that's Um That was the only the case match in
6: that withstands the fact that you need to have at the same time every year would be money in the bank. I mean, you can move it wherever and that would be great.
4: Oh yeah. Well, you, you have it at different times, but the rumble like is an annual, event. right? Right. Yeah. It yeah. happens at the same time. We know when it's coming and we all still get very excited for it right, because right, right. I think the stakes are so high. Right, you get a main event match feasibly at WrestleMania. With this, it could be a championship or it could be a main event match at WrestleMania. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it's just not the same, right? And I don't, you know, I think there's a number of reasons for that. I don't think it's like one particular reason, but the matches have been okay. Like I think in the beginning they were great, um, yeah. But at, over the years, again, they're just not memorable. Like we for- totally forgot that. Brian Danielson won in 2019. (laughs) Uh, Now it's his third win. Or or 2020, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you 2021, for that matter. Like, what happened last year? I don't even know if I watched the show last year, to be honest with you. And I probably wouldn't have watched 2020 if I wasn't in the building. (laughs) Like, I just don't. I don't really go out of my way to watch Elimination Chamber. It always feels like I I don't like
6: rewatch pay per views anymore. Uh, the way I that do too. the way I do old ones, just because like I we're doing obviously these deep dives, and that's also yeah. a reason I watch it. But I I watch a lot of old ones just for enjoyment out of what I grew up with. Uh, you know, if I watch a show now, I'll remember some things. But it's easy, sometimes it's easier to track on Twitter, so I don't like have to go back and rewatch something unless I missed some crazy thing happening. Um, but watching a whole plus it's like four plus hours i don't have time to do that so (laughs) it's a lot easier to watch older shows because they had that cap of three hours or less and obviously WrestleManias were four hours or less so yeah that's kind of like i I just don't go back and watch current stuff
4: yeah it's just it's just not it's just not the same so Elimination Chamber, I think, it was a great idea, and execution was in the, the first couple years was great. It's just, it's just lessened its impact over the years, and it's not, and it's never going to be like. It was never even like hell in a cell in the beginning, though, right? right. Well, like just a good old fashioned cage match. It's, mm-hmm. It just feels, It's just, I don't know, it's just not the same. There's like so. less,
6: also less room to maneuver because the apron, like you can't go outside the ring right. uh, when There's you more are room outside now, the ring. Though. There, there is. Uh, There's more the room, room now. Uh, the original structure that obviously we saw for for this show uh you had the steel and then the pods i mean you couldn't really go anywhere if you were outside the ring you had that space up against the steel but and, and in between the pods but there's not a lot of play a lot of stuff to like maneuver like you need weapons like what the uh 2006 one, later this year at ECW the December December had like weapons oh, and Jesus stuff Christ. and that was like Oh my god. You can't go under the ring because there's no way to like get under the ring. Like right. there's a lot of limitations uh in a match like this as well. So I think the fact that they realize that obviously and now they have it bigger where you know more aerial moves can happen during the match. Uh I mean it, it's hokey to a degree, but uh, it's still like a spectacle, like you said. It's still a spectacle and I think that's what they bank on. People are gonna watch because it's a spectacle.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's literally it. Like I said, it's still a bit of a spectacle because it's a gigantic cage, yeah, with four pods in it, you know, like, <laughs> and you had the elimination aspect to it. And it's gonna uh, be
6: interesting because uh, in Saudi Arabia they're gonna be at that new stadium. So I wonder how that's gonna hold. Hopefully, it holds the structure well enough to. Because uh, I think this is a new stadium that they're going to. I don't know if it's an arena or a stadium, but the, it's a new stru- a new building that they'll be at for uh, this month's pay per view. So we'll see how the the structure works in Saudi Arabia <laughs> it's easy to hold over the ring or or what
4: yeah we'll see we'll see but uh moving on from that though getting to the 2006 match uh I kind of when each guy made their interest I kind of had notes for each one uh first out of course is Chris Masters uh which his presentation was incredible I right? loved it it was great, right? Like, the whoever, like, they I, they mapped it out. He's the masterpiece. He's Chris Masters. He's chiseled from granite. It looks like a statue. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, the knee down. He stands up, and the pyro goes off, and he's posing. It's like, that That was dope, right? I don't know why it didn't really work out with him to where he was a consistent top star in WWE. Uh, you would think because of his look, he would have gotten many, many chances to be a top guy. But maybe, and, and, and I thought about this, Uh, Maybe he was just too young because Joey Styles said during his entrance that this event was happening on his 23rd birthday. (laughs) Like, Uh there aren't many wrestlers doing, you know, anything on television at 23. It takes time to get to that point. But Chris Matches was debuted when he was 22. (laughs) He debuted in 05, right? So he'd have been 22 years old. Uh, on tv like that's pretty wild so maybe wwe put him in a spot too soon a big spot too soon and he just wasn't mature enough to handle it i don't know honestly that's i'm just that's just me speculating but uh it's just you look at him and he was pretty decent in the ring he had charisma it wasn't like he was Shawn michaels but like he was good enough um played his role really really well i thought Right, and his look was incredible. Like you can't deny it. he mm-hmm. was looked like yeah. you know a statue out there. So it's like I just don't know why it quite didn't work. And the presentation they put all that time and that presentation and stuff like that. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't understand it. Um, uh, you know, Kurt Angle comes out. I, like I mentioned earlier, how much I love Kurt Angle at this time period. It's, it's, it's a shame that he has a lot Tyson, as Mike Tyson would
6: say, the young up and comer. Yeah, the young Kurt tiger. <laughs> the
4: young tiger. He's hungry, which I mean, at least he wasn't champion, right? Yeah, <laughs> Shawn Michaels is a champion. Um, and, and you know we get to more entrances, entrances, and then John Cena comes out, and he did not do his normal entrance, which I love that. Yeah, he kind of took a long look at the chamber, and you can see like the concern in his eyes, mm-hmm. and then he just slowly walked to the ring, and he told everyone what his mood was without saying a word, just his entrance, and I I loved that. It's so like why don't we get that more when God like people are different because hey it's a hell in the cell I'm not gonna do the whole the towel up and the salute and run <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's a hell in the cell <laughs> it's a big it's a dangerous match I'm about to walk into a, a, a match that I can get seriously hurt in so I should my mood should be different um <laughs> it, it, I, I just I just like that though and then we get Shawn Michaels and Cena to start it off which is a prelude or I guess a prequel of sorts, I don't know what you want to call it, to the next year's WrestleMania main event. Not 06, but 07. Remember that, at WrestleMania 23, they had a pretty good match at WrestleMania, actually, uh, in in 07. And had an even better match in London on a Raw. On the UK, I don't know if it was London. minutes, I think. Yeah, it was great. Um, Cena got a lot of Cena sucks chants, which is you know, this is pretty much when they pretty much started. It's like early 06, when the people started to turn on him. Uh, but first in, from the pods, well, first off, we get... We know the kind of the order. We know that Kane, because he won a stupid-ass beat-the-clock challenge, which I hate. But, hey, the at challenge. least,
6: uh, you know, stakes, right? They had stakes for something.
4: Man, you could do... Yeah, th- that's <laughs> true. There's some stakes in the matches, but beat-the-clock challenges are really stupid. I just don't <laughs> like them. Um, but... Kane is going to be the last one out of the pods into the match. Uh, but the first one out of the pods to you know join Cena and Michaels in the fray is Carlito. And he got a big ovation from the fans. And I remember I think we watched, was the Vengeance 05? Uh, not too long ago, maybe last year, I guess, last summer. Uh, and it was Carlito versus Shelton Benjamin. And I was like, damn, I don't remember the fans loving Carlito that much. Like, I forgot to... Yeah. The fans really like Carlito, and that continued over into 06. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came out. He's beating on both Shawn Michaels and, and, and John Cena. He even did a dive onto Shawn Michaels while he was on the outside of the ring <laughs> on a steel grate. It hurt Carlito as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at one point, I heard Michaels call multiple spots during the match, <laughs> uh, including the the double flapjack that he and Michaels did to Carlito. Uh, he and Cena, I should say, did to Carlito. Uh, Cena and Michaels formed a, a bit of an alliance, but that was short-lived because the next one in the ring <laughs> is Kurt Angle. <laughs> and all hell breaks loose as he commences to whooping everybody's ass. All kinds of ass. He hit, I counted, six German suplexes in like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. He was wild. He, yeah,
6: was, he was a wild man. boy.
4: He was he, he was. He was whooping all the ass. So, yeah, six suplexes in 30 seconds. Unreal. I, I just, I can't say enough. I love this Kurt Angle. Like, he <laughs> suplexed Michaels and Carlito onto the steel grates, and he monkey flipped Shawn Michaels into the chain link wall, which busted Shawn Michaels open. You know, he's bleeding, and he's pretty much bleeding and selling the rest of the match, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what Shawn Michaels done the rest of the match. Uh, then he tossed Shawn Michaels into one of the chambers, leaving like a bloody streak, a yeah. smear on the chamber. Yeah. Uh, so we got some gore in this match now, too. Some blood and uh, guts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like blood and guts. We don't do blood and guts. And then you watch this match. OK. <laughs> uh, Kurt then got Kurt, uh, Carlito in the ankle lock, but Carlito managed to hang on and not tap out just in time for Chris Masters' chamber to open up. How about that? So he can jump in and save him. And of course, like I said, Kane is supposed to be the last one in because he won that goofy-ass beat-the-clock challenge. So <laughs> Masters saves Carlito but made the stupid decision of trying to put the Master Lock on Kurt Angle. Which is like, Kurt Angle is like it's a wrestling machine, so he just easily slips out of that. <laughs>
6: yeah, but, uh, no you know, Chris Masters with his huge ego he's like, oh, I'll yeah. get this
4: guy nope he slipped Psych. out of that put put him in the ankle lock then Cena tried to hit Kurt Angle with the FU Angle countered that and put him in the ankle lock so and Kurt Angle just got everybody in hell right yeah. now <laughs> He's <laughs> whooping everybody's ass uh but as soon as you think man Kurt Angle's running things Shawn mm. Michael comes out of the clear blue and super kicks the hell out of Kurt Angle <laughs> and pinned him to eliminate him I was like, "Whoa!" I was surprised that Kurt was the first one gone, and he was out before Kurt Angle. I mean, before Kane even got in the match. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess wow. you know it's not like he looked weak because he's whooping all the ass, so like he's beating everybody up. So I guess they had to kind of gang up on him to win. Hmm. Like, okay, if you tell that story, that that's what is supposed to happen. Okay, I can buy that. Hmm. He was whooping everybody's ass. I th-
6: I thought it was funny. His uh, right before his el- elimination, he was had the ankle out. On Cena. So the guy that the fans were starting to turn on, they're like, Oh, maybe Cena will tap out. I'll be like, Nope. Maybe Kurt Angle's the only one that can beat him. Nope. <laughs> That's it. He's <laughs> gone. <laughs> nope. Nope. I thought that was a little uh probably done on purpose, obviously. Where you know, they have ankle angle put the ankle lock on Cena with the crowd like hyping and then boom, angle's eliminated. Not so fast, fans.
4: <laughs> Not so fast. Uh yeah, that was that was pretty wild. Kurt Angle came in just tearing people apart, which again, big fan of Kurt Angle. So yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> like, I like seeing Kurt Angle beat people up, <laughs> like, it's just, especially at this point. It was just, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, there's that. So with Kurt Angle gone, it's only Masters, Carlito, Michaels, and Cena. And that means Masters and Colito can finally enact their plan of working together and taking over the yeah. Elimination Chamber. But the one thing I noticed is that, and we talked about Angle, he's beating everybody up, so it kept, made him look strong before he got eliminated. Everyone in the match was also selling their ankles after he was eliminated. <laughs> they were still limping around. Like, enforcing that Angle, despite his elimination, left a lasting mark on his match. Like he, he left some scars out there. Uh, but, it's the last chamber is about to open, and that means Kane is entering the match. And he began beating up on Masters and Carlito, two young guys. However, get the upper hand on Kane rather easily, and then pin him to beat him and send him out the match. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. It's like, oh, okay. Easy night for Kane. Uh, Shawn Michaels finally gets some offense in. Uh, he finally woke up from a bloody slumber. <laughs> uh, and he hit a sweet chin music on John Cena. However... Chris Masters and Carlito end his momentum and double-team him to eliminate him. So now we see what the story is here. And I hate when WWE does this because it's a babyface. He needs to be in peril. Got to stack the odds for the babyface champion. Will he overcome them? They always overcome them in WWE because it's John Cena going against two heels. You know how this is going to play out. okay? It never does anything for the heels. It only makes the babyface look superhuman. It never does anything for the heel. So I guess in this case it kinda because we'll talk about what's going to happen, but maybe there's a saving some saving face, but when in hindsight, did really did Chris Masters and Carlito really benefit from this? I think uh, not. And it'd eventually go on to WrestleMania to lose to Big Show and Kane in a tag team match for the tag titles. So what does that mm. do? Like what did that do? Nothing.
5: Mm.
4: Nothing for either one of those guys. Mm. No rub. <laughs> Just <laughs> losses. Uh, but in, in in this match, match, Carlito and, and and Chris Masters are teaming up on Cena, and how he's he's bleeding, he's bloody, he's beat up, he's bad, okay. <laughs> and Chris Masters he puts the master lock on John Cena, but Carlito foolishly <laughs> turns on Chris Masters and hits him with a low blow, <sighs> and then pinned him in a double cross. Also, this is also Carlito's third elimination of the match, which is like oh that. okay, jeez, It's like. Carlito, would you rather be one on one with Chris Masters or one on one with John Cena? Probably
6: not. I mean, like, he's afraid of Chris Masters. They could have told that story, but they decided stupid. not to.
4: It's stupid. It, this didn't <laughs> last too much longer, though, because after no. Carlito turned on Chris Masters, Cena wakes up from the dead, <laughs> rolls up Carlito, and pins him oh, to win a roll yeah. up.
6: And Carlito was just sit, standing there, like, sorry, brother. And then got rolled up. Like, why well, can't Pretty you just bloody. turn your attention right to John Cena? Right. It's like. Stupid. <laughs> Like, what does that do? Looking at Chris Masters and going, sorry. Like, what does that do for you? What are you
4: apologizing for? You turned on him.
6: It's one on one. It's you and John Cena now for the title. But also,
4: you've (laughs) made a conscious decision to turn on me. Don't apologize. (laughs) I do not accept your apology. (laughs) Apology, Uh. not accepted. So that happens. Cena (laughs) pins Carlito and retains the WWE Championship in a hard fought, bloody affair against five other men. However, <laughs> the night is not over, because before Giancina can even get to his feet, Vince McMahon's music plays.
2: Outsmarted himself I'll <laughs> oh,
1: hey. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes anywhere. This <laughs> night is not over. Raise the cage. What does he mean?
4: Rage in the cage?
3: What's
6: he talking about?
3: Raise the elimination chamber? What What do you mean? Raise the cage,
1: I said. God damn it. Look it's called the w- elimination w- chamber, Vince. The you created it.
4: Is not it's over. not a cage.
1: will become apparent in a moment. First of all, I'd like to congratulate John Cena in retaining the WWE championship.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how sincere that is. Maybe about as sincere as the good luck to Shawn Michaels.
1: <laughs> Therefore, there's one more match to happen here tonight. And this individual is cashing in his money and the bank Ooh. privilege that he earned at WrestleMania. The no. WWE Championship match will take place right here, right now. Oh, my John Cena Ooh. defends against... Edge!
0: He's the human Well, I thought, and I said it earlier tonight, are
6: you kidding me? That Edge would use it in wrestling. This must be what he was talking about earlier.
3: But Ed is yeah. in, and in his big time when John Cena is at his weakest. Well, those are the stipulations he can catch in his championship matches, Marker, anytime, any place,
4: Smartest. and would be covered
3: than after the elimination chamber. And guys, it's all making sense. It's all making sense to me now. Early who wondered why. Was
4: now? Is leader, no. but now Edge
3: was just waiting.
6: I think I get what he's trying to do now. This
3: moment. Well I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that you're right. This was certainly pre-planned by Edge. I think he would have faced, no matter who won this elimination chamber match tonight, because he knew they were gonna be bloody battered and beaten. Referee Mike Kyoto calls for the bell, and here comes the all rated superstar, waiting for the buddy WWE champion John Cena.
6: Who this definitely took longer than I thought it would. I mean, who would have ever
5: thought yeah. and just he
6: actually that? He that cover kicks in. <laughs> would be a disembark
3: to cast this in right here. Cover to it! It's going for cover after cover, and who can blame him? John Cena is, is wrestling on, on pure instinct. He's just defending himself like any man would. Well, he's not doing too good a job of defending himself right now. He's just trying to avoid some of those kicks to the face. He's he not gonna do success beat. either. Oh no, baby! No, 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 no. oh, no. Turn around, Johnny Boy, turn around, no. it's no.
5: over. He's <laughs> just around.
3: waiting on the WWE Champions, waiting on him. He out hit the stand, oh, hit the Oh my God! How did what? Did he kicked out? out? No, didn't.
6: In the, world the crowd is furious. I honestly it was thought, a watching two. this live, he and was going to beat He's Edge. After that, <laughs> I really I do. They
5: him.
6: gave me nothing to think otherwise.
3: The disbelief now turning to frustration and anger. You can see the face of Edge changing. Oh, no, not another spear. I guess that figures that's what it's going to take. Edge will spear John Cena over and over again if he has to. Oh, no. and again. Cover. No.
5: He
6: got it. I was flabbergasted. My God, what has
4: happened here tonight? Oh, my
5: God.
3: I can't believe it. This was indeed a historical night. and has suck the world. Well, I'll tell you what he's done, he's stolen the damn title. He's stolen it tonight. You can say what you want, King, that he's stolen. But I mean, what the hell, this is beautiful. He earned the right of WrestleMania anytime, anywhere any place and tonight here in albany at new year's revolution edge for the very first time in the brand new year has reached the top of the mountain and is the new edge is the new wwe champion.
4: and there you have it edge is your new wwe champion Despite the ref botch there with the hand hitting the mat. So he technically won it twice, but it only counts once. (laughs) And
6: he only held it for a couple weeks.
0: (laughs) That's
4: that's true. But (laughs) in hindsight, it's not a crazy sight to see Edge as a champion, like a world champion today. He's won it like 12, 13 times. He's a Hall of Famer, (laughs) the whole thing. But back in 06, it was a crazy sight. Yes. Because obviously this is his first one. It, but everybody has their first one, you know, like Brock won his first, but it wasn't like a ridiculous sight. But with Edge, it's like, oh, because he was a star. Don't get me wrong. Edge was a guy, obviously, you know, he'd been around for a while. He had, He's part of the that tag team renaissance in two, 99, 2000, and he had done well on his own. But he hadn't quite cracked that main event level yet. He hadn't really broke through that proverbial glass ceiling yet. But on this night, not only did he get there, but he stayed there the rest of his Hall of Fame career. Like he didn't there was never a time where Edge after this point where Edge was like mid card challenging for the IC title again. Once he got there, he stayed there. It's true. This is similar this is, you know, this is a this is a career making night. Obviously, you know, it should be when you win the WWE championship, but that's not always the case. You know, some people win the world title and they it doesn't go well and they Biggie. You know, back down the card. <laughs> well, there's still time for Big E. There is. But like, but it's like come Jack on. Swagger. Oh, yeah. You know, The Miz. Yeah. Even though he came back around you know, last year and won it back, held it for like a night or two or yeah. whatever. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys who win a world title and they go back down. Even Kofi Kingston, who, you know, it sucks to say, but yeah. he's challenged for once or twice. He had it for six step, months. <laughs> What's that? And he had it for six yeah, months. Yeah, he had it for a That's long like, time. <laughs> yeah, had it for a long time, but he hasn't consistently been in that main event pitcher. Edge from this night forward was a top guy and he stayed there also this kicked off the best rivalry of 2006 edge and john cena yes which True i'm surprised they haven't really revisited i mean obviously cena hasn't come back since edge has come back but
6: yeah i, I could I, I would hope they would have like a one-off soon before yeah. you know they're both completely done with wrestling because that was would, uh one of the things i was most interested in 2006 it got me uh you know, it was a long feud. We hadn't seen that in, in a very long time. Uh, I guess Batista but, Triple H could be considered a long feud, but yeah. this was like one that was like a whole year type feud, which and they we haven't definitely really, I mean, they had the back and forth with the title. So
4: Right. And they haven't really gone back to it since, and I, yeah, that yeah. I can recall. Because Edge was mainly a SmackDown guy, and Cena became a Raw guy. Yeah. Um, well, he's always a Raw guy. I mean, Since he won the title, he's a Raw guy. And he kind of stayed that way. And Edge went to SmackDown. But they haven't really gone back to it. And, of course, Edge retired for, what, a decade, damn near. Yeah. So, you know, Cena kept going. So it's, it's interesting. But, uh, th- again, the shocking thing of Edge being the champion was big. But also the money in the bank cash in it and in the style that it happened, I don't think anybody anticipated that. I think everybody thought it would be like an actual match that would be announced ahead of time. Right. But instead, he did it right after the match, and it's really set the template for every cash in to follow. There's been some. There's been one or two here and there that they've announced it ahead of time. I think Rob Van Dam did it. Um, Big E had technically said he was going to do it, but he you know still ambushed the guy after the match. Uh, maybe Cena when he wanted, or I think he might have done it that way. Either way, there've been you know some outliers, but for the most part. You cash in when a guy is beat up and you run down and hit a move or two yeah. and you beat him. And that's how you win. Babyface or heel, it, it it works the same. Um, so, yeah. This this was a major moment, at least in WWE history, for how things would go in the future between Edge being a main eventer from here on and then that template for how we now we anticipate the cash-ins to work this way. And there's always like a big pop and a big moment and and if you can, it can make a new person potentially. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Again, Jack Swagger. Yeah. Uh but it can make somebody a uh, uh, you know, a main eventer. But it started on this night in two thousand six. So that is New Year's Revolution. New- I want to add it. It's hard
6: to feel bad for Edge because he's so emotional about it. Like it, it was his dream. And, yeah. yeah, the way it's the way he went about it, the way he treated others. That was supposed to be the heel part of it. But, like, he was overcome with emotion and so happy he finally won the title. That's eluded him for years. And the funny thing is I thought, like, it looked like to me, like, Lita was trying too hard to, like, celebrate with him. And I understood, like, that's, that's their character at that point. But, like, as a moment for Edge, his first world title, he just it was almost like he wanted to be alone in a way. And like, he went out to the announce table and held up and then Lita went and joined him. Like she was just yeah. following him everywhere. Oh, was, that
4: was her baby. That was her boo. I, and I was
6: wondering though, know, uh, I'm wondering like, was that just trying to like be alone for a minute. So he could like celebrate or, you know, Lita was just following him. And then he event, like, I mean, they kissed and did all that stuff, but like, I don't know. I would be like, dude, let me have this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's it's just different looking back at it seemed like how it played out, and I didn't notice at first. Like Lita was literally like following everywhere. So, and there was plenty of time left. This was two hours thirty nine minutes forty one seconds on the uh, Peacock <laughs> season two episode one. So <laughs> um, they had plenty of time. Like I remember it going off early as well off the air. I recorded it on vhs and whatnot so i was i mean they have, and he was celebrating for quite a long time until they went off the air so yeah uh, it was very like interesting how they timed things back then but that, that kind of stuck up, stuck out to me a little bit like he him going outside the ring eventually and then later like following him and i could just see him being like man let let me have this alone for a second like, <laughs> yeah. but maybe it wasn't maybe maybe i'm just over analyzing it but it just kind of something I noticed.
4: Right. Um but yeah, it's like you mentioned it's a big deal for Edge. I mean, he's been a fan since he was a kid. We all know that yeah. he was at WrestleMania 6 uh when he was a kid and they he dreamed about winning tag titles and obviously you want to be the WWE champion and he got it done. That's a that's a dream come true right there and you know, it, it would have been probably more emotional if he was a babyface, but he couldn't get too emotional because he's supposed to be the dastardly heel. Right. But I'm sure in hindsight he it was like a really emotional moment for Edge. As it would be for most people you you win your first world title. But that is New Year's Revolution 2006, uh, and that is episode 317. So, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please.
6: You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. And you can follow me at underscore Pacone. On Twitter and follow Influencer.com and foxphlgambler.com fox sports radio the gambler in Philadelphia
5: <laughs>
4: there you go <laughs> uh, I am at one M Johnson on Twitter uh, you can follow me there you can find me out here in these streets it is cold as hell though so you might not find me mm-hmm. out in these streets I was on the Las Vegas streets the last couple days because of the Pro Bowl uh, I am back home now but uh, so I was out there in those streets a little bit not too crazy but a little bit but back out here in these Philly streets again. Um, you can find my writing on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You can find my professional tweets at Eagles on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh You can request a future deep dive for the nominal fee of two bucks. And if you request a deep dive, pay us the money, obviously. Uh, <laughs> we, w- <laughs> we will actually let you have a cameo on the show as well to talk about the content we're deep diving into. So, you can't find a better deal in the wrestling podcasting than that, right? Uh, joining us in the show, exist. And, exactly. You can't find them. <laughs> like it's like a, we're like car salesman commercials now. I mean, you, can't, you find a better deal, you tell me, and we'll match it. Something like that. Um, so yeah, check us out again: Patreon.com slash Shooters Radio. Until next time, though, for Nitpicon, I'm Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode three seventeen of the Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week listen to the straight shooters this Donnie Wahlberg from Wrestlemania 10 and you listening to Vaughan Johnson and Nick Pacone, like the straight shooters y'all